Okay, everybody, do your best impression of Billy the Puppet. I'll go first. <laughs> Wait, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> what does he say? Let's play a game. No. Do you want to play Let's a game? Let's play a game. He said, this is he so said, embarrassing. Says, I want to play a game. <laughs> I want to. No. <laughs> ready, ready. <clears throat> I have it. I have it. I have it. I want to play a game. I hope you don't edit any of the past stuff out. Please keep it all in. Oh, absolutely not. Shut up and do your Billy impression. Oh, me next? Okay. Uh, Wait, what's the line? (laughs) I I want to play play a game. game. Okay. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. You want to play a game? (laughs) (laughs) It's not even the line. I love it. It's called improv. That's great. (laughs) Alex, you got to finish this out strong. The pressure. Okay, let's see. Oh, I want to play a game. (laughs) I saw it. No, it was so bad. I saw it in your eyes. There was a commitment. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm I'm no John Kramer, but that's okay. The girls who cried be horror. Hi, creeps, and welcome to the very special end of season one mini-sode. We promised it, and here it is. Um, so, if you haven't figured out from the title yet, this is going to be similar to our Child's Play, similar to our Nightmare on Elm Street, ranking of an iconic film series. And this time around, it is going to be the Saw series. But because this is such, I mean, a big convoluted fucking series to tackle, and this is a very special episode as it is our season one closer, we thought we would give you guys a little treat. Um, and bring on a very special guest that we have talked about many times on this podcast, who happens to be the host or co-host of our sister podcast, Dearly Departed. So, Roberta, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, I'd like to start with a, you're welcome. Um, I know you guys have been begging me to be on the show. (laughs) I know that my schedule hasn't really allowed it, but I'm here and I'm so excited. I'm so excited. The best the best bit about it all is that Roberto has like cornered me at knife point in our apartment <laughs> being like, when the fuck are you going to let me on the podcast? So I just love to do charity work, you know. Um, <laughs> but as always, you guys, other than Roberto being here, it's me, Anya, and... It's me, Alex. Hello. <sighs> and I'm just so excited for what today has in store. <laughs> it's going to be such a fun experience, I think. Look, you're my roommate, yes, but um, I'm a genuine fan of the podcast, and I think you guys have become such a necessary resource. You know, mm. I, I'm i a fan of horror, right? I, I enjoy horror flicks. Um, I'm easily scared. I'm a shrieker, um, but I feel like I was very... Um, 
I had tunnel vision when it comes to horror. You know, I I only saw the movies that I cared for, and I just feel like your podcast has really broadened my horizons. Thanks to you, I've I've been blessed with killer clowns from outer space. You Thanks love to, killer clowns. Oh my god, I'm obsessed. I, Thanks to your I love it. podcast, Taurus Trap. Taurus Trap fucking hits, and I'll say thank it. you. Thank you. It goes off. It goes off. <laughs> I it, I felt like I was levitating while watching it. It's the only way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you here. We're so excited. It's um, gonna be a fucking wild <clears throat> episode. So I think to start, mm-hmm. we should each maybe kind of like we do for our normal episodes, um, kind of give our background with Saw. Like, when did you see it? What's your your overall feelings on the franchise? Something like that. So, Alex, do you want to start because I know that you have a deep love for the Saw franchise. Yeah, I'm the resident Saw fanatic, so I think. I'm happy to start. Mm-hmm. Um, well, obviously, we're also doing this because Spiral hits theaters, quote unquote, uh, yeah. and on demand uh, May 21st, which I am so excited about. It has been my most anticipated movie for two years now. It was what you said so, was your most anticipated in the yeah. 2020 special. I'm so excited. So, you know, going back and watching the whole series again has been enlightening. Um, wow. It's like okay, before I this, have... you would never catch my ass renting a movie. <laughs> from home like like mm-hmm. a new release but i will be there i will be there oh yeah i will drop it this i'll drop 20 bucks the second it hits i do not care mm-hmm. um but let's see i have a very long history with saw um i saw it for the first time when i was 12 when it came out in 2004 um i remember <laughs> listen i saw so many horror movies by the time i was like six and seven like scream was my favorite thing when i was like eight years old it's fine i remember so clearly sitting in my living room with my dad watching probably like fucking everybody loves raymond or something and everybody loves raymond hits i want to say that that shit goes off (laughs) and i remember that the trailer came on the tv and i was just like in awe of it and i remember when it ended being like i can't wait to see that that looks so good and my dad at the time i thought he was being stupid but now i I look back and i was like i was 12 he just like (laughs) turned to me and like gave me this really confused face and he was like you're sick and I was like thank you um that's but I watched taste them. queen thank you so yeah I saw it when it came out my cousin who was 11 years older than me who got me into horror would show them to me every time they came out on dvd because I couldn't go to the theater yet um but I watched them every year when they came out religiously and when I got to a point where like I could go see them in theaters I did um and you know, I've seen probably the entire series through like probably seven or eight times because every time a new one would come out I would watch the whole thing and then last year I showed them all to our friend Celia before Jigsaw came out not yet last year 2017 um, before Jigsaw came out so that was really fun and I mean I've never watched them this consecutively like I think I watched them all in three days which was you know a journey I feel like I I understand it better I can't imagine trying to understand the movies having not watched them back to back yeah, no, doing like a year between was really <laughs> difficult, but um, I'm really excited. I mean, growing up, I also had a um, a Billy the Puppet doll, like a little porcelain guy on a tricycle that I had in my bedroom. Oh my god, what um, the fuck? I want that. Yeah. He was from Newberry Comics, and then my sister broke him, and I was devastated, but then I got a new one, and now it's currently in my bedroom in my parents' house in New Hampshire. I'll send you a photo. Oh, you can post wonderful. it. My creepy oh, yeah, I'll doll. post it on the Insta. Yeah. And uh, obviously, in anticipation of this episode, my unconscious was very excited because I had this nightmare this morning that me, my friend Celia, and Rosé from 
RuPaul's Drag Race season 13 were all stuck in a saw trap and um, I had to eat inedible food and then Celia got her head decapitated. It was really traumatizing and I'm ready what to talk about it. Inedible food? Like, like paper and metal and things like that. Jesus. Do you get those TikToks where people like want to eat cement? Yeah. And it's like, it was I pretty get much, it. It's probably because you told me the other day that you would eat a brick for me and I was like, yeah, same. <laughs> and you now, know what? You're right, I would. No, I would. So, yeah. Jigsaw, if you're listening, um, you put me and Alex in a trap and make me eat bricks, <laughs> fuck you, bitch, because I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that is my um, my history. I love it. I am a huge fan, even of the shitty ones. All right. Um, I guess I'll go next. Um, my history is much briefer because I'm so young compared to you. Um, and <laughs> but mainly because I, in general, I've never been someone that has been heavily, I mean, I love all horror pretty much, but torture porn specifically has never drawn me in. And I think Saw, I I, I never saw a Saw film in theaters, I think, because obviously when they started coming out, I was very young. Um, And then kind of the first, I think, time I ever saw them was probably in passing on TV, whether it be like during AMC Fear Fest or on Sci-Fi. And there was definitely a sense of, like, intrigue because it's so fucking depraved that you're like, what the fuck is this? And then it was kind of like I would watch it and I would, like, I mean, watching it now, like, with at least what I like to consider a fully formed brain for the most part, it's hard to fucking follow. So when you're just watching it, like, cutting in, like, 30 minutes deep into a movie, you're not going to understand anything story-wise that's going on. You're just like, um, people are having their limbs ripped off. Like, the most disgusting like torture you could imagine is happening so I kind of was always just like put off by them I was like no and it wasn't until recently that I was like you know what I think a a factor of it is spiral coming out that I was like I need to sit down and really give them a shot and you know even if I don't like them I'm getting through the whole damn thing and so very recently I had seen I realized when I rewatched them all recently I had seen the first three before um I hadn't seen any of the other ones so I have officially now seen every Saw movie what I will say is that <clears throat> I am not really a fan. Like, none of them stick out. Like, I didn't love any of them. But John Kramer is, like, the petty bitch of the, of the century. <laughs> like, the, with every movie, it just becomes the, his reasoning for putting people in shit becomes pettier and pettier. And honestly, for that, it has a lot of respect. And I know that the first Saw movie, like, did a lot for the genre. Um, so... I respect the Saw franchise. I'm equally, honestly, though, excited for Spiral because I'm, I'm ready to love one of these movies. I'm ready for this shit to blow my top off. Chris Rock, I'm counting on you for some reason, bitch. Um, so that's my history with the Saw franchise. So it will be very interesting to see the differing opinions today. But Roberto, oh, what about you? There will be differences. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, look, in my adult body, I scare easily. And I think... I almost think that's part of the reason why I don't guzzle as much horror as I want to, because I want to keep, like, the fright element alive for me. Mm. Um, But as you can imagine, like, still being an adult and shrieking watching any horror (laughs) movie, like, what kind of child I was. And I would say my first experience with horror that was really fundamental was being a child what, like flipping through the channels, having the three months of stars for free with a new TV Oof. provider, and like landing on the most traumatizing scene in the Final Destination franchise. 
Ooh. The tanning beds? The tanning bed scene in yeah. Final Destination 3 so that good. haunt has haunted me for years. It's haunted me. I can't even fully watch that scene. But from that moment, there was that was when the fascination with horror began. I'm sure I was like eight or something. And from then on, I would then have to read the Wikipedia pages of <laughs> horror movies. Like I would read the plots because I would be too scared to watch the movie. And I remember I, I was, I don't know, I was made aware that Saw existed um but of course it was just like a franchise that i was too scared to watch so i read the entire wikipedia page of like (laughs) at least like the first five movies i didn't really retain them um and then years later um i saw the first one i don't really remember it but i then started watching like clips of the traps and then being so scared that i had to watch the making ofs um, so that I would feel better. And through that, I watched so many making of traps that I saw like clips from like the fifth movie. But, um, I enjoy these movies. I, I think that they get the reputation of, you know, just being torture porn flicks. And look, yes, there are gratuitous scenes of people being torn apart for no reason, i.e. the opening of the seventh one had nothing to do with the damn plot. But I mean this with all sincerity. I am in these movies for the story, which makes me sound like a joke, I feel like, to anyone else. But I just think they're a cinematic epic. I, I think agree. that the 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 weaving timelines, you know, the the complex backstories. I mean, if you're a random audience member, you cannot go into one of these movies. Like I I'm imagining like it's 20 i don't know 2008 someone's like let's go to the movies and see this random saw movie i think people are gonna get torn apart i've never seen any of them the level of confusion mm-hmm. yeah. it's like this is not what i signed up for i didn't sign up for all of this for all these characters all of this all this development you know i will say even though i was saying that it was torture porn i definitely after going through and rewatching all of them yes there's very much still that but I will give it credit to what you're saying, Roberta, where, like, there is a lot, not fan service, really, but, like, honestly, more so than the Marvel films. Like, I feel like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, people are always like, oh, Marvel, like, fucks everybody because you have to watch every movie. And I have n- no capacity, like, in no way have seen even half of the Marvel movies. And I went and saw both the fucking Avengers movies and understand, I understood everything. I was like, yeah. Um, were these Marvel yeah, wishes they were this <laughs> they convoluted had team. yeah literally but like yeah there is whether it's a good or bad story is up for debate but like there is a lot of like character work and interweaving storylines that play through the entire series like even in one movie alone it's a lot but they all interconnect so I will give them credit for that too once again is it a well written story we will discuss but well, I was going to say that I think I do agree that in a sense it's torture porn. I think it really kicked off the trend of torture porn films, like the Hostel films. Like without saw a lot of. I mean, Hostel torture. is easily just like at least the first yeah. one. Cause at least the first but one. I just, wanted, that's just I, straight up torture porn. I do think though that the Saw series, as it goes, it starts to lean into the torture porn element of it more, and like really, yeah, the gore and everything. But I do think that the original Saw has a lot more depth to it. I think it's. You know, it has a very gritty aesthetic. It's, like, it's very different than all of the other films that were coming out in, like, the mid-2000s that were, like, all the fucking, like, reboots of horror movies. And I think that even some of the reboots, like the like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot, which is super gritty, could have had influence because Saw kind of, like, 
changed just the way that films are made, mm-hmm. like visually for horror. Um, and I mean, James Wan and Lee Winnell wrote it. It's very smart. It has the greatest twist of all time. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I think, and even in the first one, I don't. There's not really a ton of gore in the first film. Like obviously, the foot mm-hmm. is like the worst part, but otherwise, it's like a cat and mouse detective story, kind of in like the vein of Seven. Um, so I think that the original Saw has a lot more depth to it. And then, you know, as they go on and other directors and writers kind of move the f- story forward, it dives more into that. But I think the first one stands alone very well as like a solid psychological thriller for me. Mm-hmm. It bothers me that it doesn't get the credit it deserves for being as creative as it is. I think, yeah. I mean, there's the convoluted ass story that goes across you know all the films but yeah look the traps themselves like i mean i don't want to see it but i but i want to know you know what i mean like (laughs) Mm -hmm. tell me more please and i've always been someone who i think has been drawn to the things that other people you know discard as trashy or you know um i don't know just not important like i'm a huge daytime tv fan Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching Days of Our Lives for years now. And look, on paper, yes, there are many flaws, but there, there's just something so intoxicating about something that you can immerse yourself in that no one else seems to care about, that you can just be the sole champion of. I mean, the Saw franchise is huge. People love it, right? But I just feel like, I don't know, around people who like love film, it's just hilarious to me to be a Saw stan. <laughs> All right, well, now that we've covered our basis, um, I think it's time that we really get into this. So, similar to what I remember our child's play format being, um, we are going to go one by one through the films, discuss our opinions, we will each say where this film ranks and our personal ranking, and when we get to the end of it all, we will each individually go through and rehash, okay, from top to bottom, this is my ranking. Um... And from there, you know, let chaos ensue. So, we get to the first Saw film. So, Alex, being the number one Saw stan, I mean, Roberta's a close second now, but <laughs> you, you hold the crown. Um, I'll give it to the, Alex. I'll give it to Alex. Thank you. Oh, you're so kind. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, what is the, like, briefest synopsis you could give of, like, what Saw is? Sure. Um, so, the original Saw is centered around two men, Adam and Dr. Lawrence Gordon, who wake up chained to a wall in a dingy, dirty, like, warehouse-type room, and they don't know where where they are, how they got there, what's going on. And through the use of, you know, cassette tapes and things they find on their bodies and it, throughout the room, they realize that they have been taken by the infamous serial killer that has been hunted by the police known as Jigsaw, who kidnaps and puts people in situations where they have to prove that they want to live more than anything by you know getting out of like horrible traps like ray like wire cages that they have to climb through um to appreciate their life and so the main plot is just them trying to figure out how to win the game that they're playing while also it's interspersed with a lot of um backstory of how they got there the detectives who are currently investigating it there's a lot of red herrings um but that's basically the plot yeah um so what do you think of saw anya 
I mean, this was one that I've, I definitely have seen the most, I feel like, and that's not a lot, but just because I feel like any time that I might have in the past been like, let me give this another try. Obviously, I started with this one. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I almost feel like I had a similar, they're not, story-wise, they're not really similar, but I had a similar reaction, I feel like, to watching Saw again, as I did when I finally got around to watching the original When a Stranger Calls, because like, with both of them, they're iconic, right? Like, mm-hmm. When a Stranger Calls is the iconic opening of the... I mean, it's not the first movie to do it, we know. But, like, the babysitter being alone. Somebody's calling. Have you checked on the kids? She's calling the police. Oh, my God, the call's coming inside the house. Like, truly fucking petrifying. So good. And with Saw, like, you have the whole, like, the iconic, like, I'm gonna stop my foot off! And, like, it, it's actually John Kramer on the floor. He's got, like, those moments kind of near the end. A lot of in the middle, though, is, like you were saying, this kind of, like, police investigation. And I remember when I watched When a Stranger Calls, and then majority of the movie after that opening scene is just like, okay, now the police are just trying to find whoever that guy was. Mm-hmm. And you're like, uh, excuse me, what? I, whereas I wanted a whole movie of the babysitter in the house. And mind you, that's because the first ever When a Stranger Calls I saw was the 2000s remake, where that's all that it is. Um... So I think there was a level of disappointment in the fact that I was like, I think in my head I imagined the first Saw going so much harder, I think, gore. For someone that was like, I don't like torture porn, for some reason I was like, where's the torture? I want the blood and the guts. And like you're saying... So it just kind of seems like you didn't like it because of your expectations, and that has nothing to do with the movie. That's um, all I have to say. It seems like you're stepping on my time. I'm reclaiming (laughs) my time. (laughs) Um... But, yeah, so I think that was an element of it, too. Like, this big buildup, which I won't disagree. Like, I've done that with a few movies where I go in, and I think everyone does it, horror or not, or you go in with expectations, and they're not met. And you recognize that that's on you, but you still can't, like, overcome that hurdle. You're like, but I wanted that, and I just, like, can't help but feel a little disappointed. Um, But like I was saying, I mean, it also doesn't help that Carrie, I can't ever pronounce his last name, Carrie Ells. um, I think it's Ewells. I don't really know. Uh, Movie killer. It literally, I mean, I, so the thing is, like, the things that I've <laughs> seen him in are, like, you know, classics like The Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Or even, I didn't realize he was in fucking Bram Stoker's Dracula until we watched that recently. Um, not in a huge role, but he's in it, and he's handsome as fuck. Um, I mean, when he's younger, not now, bro. Um, but yeah, he, like, is, so, oh, God, it is awful, the performance he is turning in. Which, like, when it's a performance that, like, mainly is just, like, this two people in a room and one half of that fucking performance is awful. I mean, I think Lee Winnell did a good job. He no, really Lee sold Winnell's that fear. Carrie yeah. is just giving you, like, high camp. And I don't think he's meaning to, which makes me kind of like it. Because he's just doing a bad job, but it's so over the top that I'm like, yeah, pop off. I just think that, um, look, I hate Princess Bride. I have no allegiance to this man. And um, <laughs> I've never out seen of, the Princess Bride, so I'm with you. You can't fucking the, hate it if you haven't seen it. Well, I don't have an opinion on it. <laughs> out of the two actors, out, out of the two people, you know, stuck in a room, one is a professional career actor and the other is a writer who I think, is he, did he want to be an actor or did he was he just put in the movie because um, it's like budget? I'm pretty sure. I know he went to film school in Australia with James Wan. They're like friends. I don't know mm-hmm. what his intentions were, but I mean, I think it was probably one of his first acting roles because I mean, this was low budget. This was originally supposed to be direct to video, and it wasn't until like when they were doing screenings that it got like good feedback, and then it got like an actual theatrical release because of that. 
Lee feels like, you know, neighborhood Ezra Miller in the face. Mm. And um, I was drawn to him. I found him alluring. I found um, his acting to be excellent. Yeah, I've had a crush on Lee Winnell since I was 12, for sure. What else is he in? What else has he written? Well, he wrote... Well, I told you this. He did Invisible Man in 2020. Oh, my God. Obsessed. Obsessed. And he did Insidious. King. Um, Oh, Roberto hasn't seen the Insidious films. We're going to be doing those this October for him. Um, he, he wrote, I think, the first two, and then he directed the third one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he has and like, he a did... small role in them. Yeah, he's a good. He's I like him in those; they're fun. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous about the Insidious movies. I tend to stay away from like demon-ish movies. I think mm-hmm. that as a horror viewer, I I really like survival films. I like to feel mm-hmm. like I can make it in the end, or at least almost make it. And I just mm-hmm. feel like demon movie. Like, what what am I gonna do? What am I going to do against a demonic monster, you know, from another world? Like, But that's what's so scary is just, like, you're, like, trapped in that viewing experience and you can't have that escape of, like, well, I could outrun that bitch. Like, I would do this. It's just, like, I think about that all the time. Like, if my house suddenly became haunted, it's just, like... Uh, we can't get into it that's a whole other tangent but like I love those demon ghost movies yeah traumatize me every time please you are not going to make it through Insidious Roberto like when I tell you that I saw Insidious in theaters on a whim like I was like I went with a friend we were like let's go um literally I screamed during the opening credits that just means we have to watch it like in the middle of the day no I'm we're watching it in October and you're going to fucking watch it in the dark you are going to get the full experience. I'm not letting you back out of it. It's good. It's good for you. Take your medicine. <sighs> if you say so. Um, but yeah, there's not a lot of traps in this movie. Which... No, there's actually only like three or four traps in the original, which is why what I mean when I say that like I really think they leaned into it because they were like it's a it's a huge source of creativity where you can come up with so many different ideas and really flex like your artistic ability and like your practical effects ability to be able to expand on that but the first one yeah there's a handful i mean there's the most in my opinion the most iconic trap which is you know used throughout the series which is the reverse bear trap that is on her jaw okay but that was tired by the seventh movie i was like i'm over it i'm over her although you do want to see it work and like (laughs) you, you get it three times and finally in the end you get to see what happens to the face but i think amanda's trap in the first one is like iconic yeah i think it's spooky i think yeah the the first movie is just the editing is so all over the place and so like coked up yeah for sure especially in that scene because it's like she has 90 seconds to take this off and it's like five minutes of them like fast cutting and like jumping around in intense music but it gets me i I think as a whole the franchise really succeeds when it slows down and I I think about the first movie being as iconic as it is how every other filmmaker almost ignores the core element that makes it so interesting and it's that it's just two men sitting in a room for hours like it's it's and and they replace it with like a one minute trap which is like you're not gonna get you know the the tension that that we want that we so crave um so, I don't know. I think in the following movies, the story really works when it's a person or a few people really having to sit in the tear of having to be trapped in a space. And, I don't know, it's just a shame that... Yeah, because you get so much more character development when you follow 
characters right. throughout the entire film instead of just seeing them for 30 seconds and then they die. Right. I will say in favor, kind of going off of that, for the first film, you're exactly right, Roberto, because, like, yeah, then in future films, even if, like, whatever the first kill is comes back around and they're, like, looping, never-moving-forward timeline, that's always <laughs> just them going back every 30 seconds, <clears throat> you do start opening up these movies with, like, this one, oh, someone's already in a trap, and what's going on? They're trying to figure it out, and they inevitably, like, get fucking killed or whatever, where, like... I think probably in producers, whoever the fuck was making the end decisions in a lot of these, um, or even writers, um, that they were like, well, what did people like about the first movies or the first few? And it was this whole, like, well, the depravity of the traps and, like, those those scary moments of, like, oh, my God, are they going to get out? Which, yeah, those are fun. But I think the real payoff, like you're saying, is, like, when I sat with these people. Like, when you wake up in that first one with these two in that room and you sit with them through that time of, like, where the fuck are we? How the fuck did we get here? Do I know you? Okay, why? Like, all of that, and you're sitting with it, and then after all of this time, it comes down to, like, the final minutes when it's, like, after all that, you couldn't figure anything out, and the only solution is you have to cut your fucking foot off. You gotta do it. Like, that's when it really builds so well. You're, like, as a viewer, you're, like, damn it. No, 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 no. And then they do it, where if you open up the movie, and we're right at that point already, every time, of, like, and you're 30 seconds away from getting your arms torn from your body. It's, like, I mean, yeah, that's visually gonna fucking be freaky, and I'm gonna have to, like, turn away. But, like, there's not that, like, emotional payoff that you want. So I will give that to the first one as well. Like, even though it didn't, once again, my own fault for going in with expectations, but like, it does give you time to tr- to to figure it out. And if you want to be invested, get invested. Yeah. Well, I also think it's a very low budget movie. It was only made for like a million dollars, which I know sounds like a lot of money, but it was a very low budget. Like you said, it was going to go straight to video. And I think that if James Wan at his like height right now and Lee Winnell at his height, if they were to have made it today. It would. I think it would have just been like one of the greatest things because I think it. You know, yeah. A lot of the things I don't like necessarily about it. I don't want to say I don't like, but that maybe don't work as well. I think come from the fact that it was made in two thousand four and it has that like early two thousands vibe. The like, you know, this the music, the editing. It's very like a twenty year old man in two thousand four made this movie. Yeah, but that's like yeah. part of the charm to me. The, the <laughs> six different color schemes, the oh yeah, the the high contrast green. It's like, why is this so ugly? I'm upset. Literally, I think the fourth or fifth one started, and it they they got nicer cameras. They got professional mm-hmm. colorists, and it's like, no, no. Roberta no. was mad during Jigsaw because it just looked normal. It looked yeah. too good. He I was like, "Where's movie. the color scheme?" <laughs> yeah, because it's gritty and it's dirty, and I like it. Exactly. I, yeah. I will say we haven't touched on it, but the most horrifying thing in the first movie—oh, here it is! I know this. The yeah. fact that they're fucking barefoot in that nasty ass bathroom—it's <laughs> haunting. It haunt. I watch that movie. That's what traumatizes me. That's what. That's what I find triggering. Their nasty bare feet on that shit stained, yeah. piss stained. <laughs> moldy ass cracked out bathroom I really don't like that uh, Adam puts his hand in a toilet full of diarrhea and then doesn't like wash it off anywhere like I would put it in the back of the toilet where there's water he just like has shit on his hands for the rest of the movie and I'm like oh my god well the whole thing is like he he opts he's like okay it could be something with the toilet and his first move is like let me put it in the visibly like shit turd filled bowl or whatever instead of First, maybe attempting to go in the tank, 
And then if it's not there, okay, I guess I gotta put it in the bowl. He just is like, right down into the bowl. Watching it with Roberto was so funny because, like, during that scene especially, on top of him, when we opened up the movie, the first things out of his mouth was like, Ugh. I just, like, can't deal with the fact that they're barefoot in here. And I was <laughs> hollering, I feel like. It was so uh, funny. Because I was like, I mean, yeah, that's nasty. I mean, you, they tell you to wear fucking flip-flops in the shower at college. These motherfuckers are in here barefoot. Well, I don't think that was their main concern, but it isn't. <laughs> but that just shows you how fucking depraved Jigsaw is. Like, he could have yeah. left them with shoes, and he was like, actually, you're also going to be fucking barefoot. What I will say for the hand in the diarrhea mm-hmm. shot is, you know what? <laughs> That motherfucker was ready to live. He was yeah. willing to mm. stick his hand in shit to survive, and we cannot let that go unnoticed. You're so yeah, right. I love Adam. I root for Adam. And I mean, I think that we should probably talk about the iconic twist ending, because I do mm. think that if the way that it all comes together in the end, from like even the opening shot of where you can't even really tell what it is at the beginning, where it's just water and like a glowing thing, and then you see it go down the drain, and then yeah. Adam wakes up, and you're like, I don't know what that was. To that being like the key to his freedom, everything comes together in a way that is just kind of like jaw dropping the first time you see it, and it all like reveals everything, and you're like, holy shit! And then you see that motherfucker who you think is dead get up off the ground, and I tell you, my twelve year old ass had never experienced anything that incredible i was gobsmacked and it still gets me every time i watch it i think it's genius i think it comes the editing and the music the editing yeah. and the music yeah. makes that scene everything like it's iconic you hear it you know what it is speaking of the key i think that that is also another moment where the series really soars is when as an audience you get these moments of like all the could haves like all of the ways that these people really could have lived it makes um i think the fifth one bearable where it's like if all these people had just worked together you know like like uh, that key it's devastating it's it's heart-wrenching anya any thoughts before we move on um no i mean i think i stand by what i said originally that like I want, I want to love, and maybe over time, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll visit this movie again. I'm sure of it. Um, I will grow to love more, and it's always nice talking and discussing and hearing everybody else's like experiences and thoughts on it. Because then, like, going the next time I watch it and having fully had this conversation, maybe that will urge me to give open my heart a little more to Saw. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with you know the pluses of this movie. It's its place in horror history. Um, and yeah, the ending. It's one of those things too where it's like when you know the ending going in, like it's already been spoiled for you because it's been out for years or whatever, like you almost wish you're like, oh, I wish I didn't know anything. I wish I had been able to go in completely 100% blind and like had my jaw on the floor. But I think I can still recognize like, yeah, it, I mean, that's iconic. And you know, the keys that play that come back every time. So every time you're watching a song movie, you're like 20 minutes left. You're like, when are the keys coming in? Because that's when you know they're going to break it down for you and show you everything that you were not able to understand for this entire fucking movie. Um, oh, I love it. And then, of course, the iconic, which obviously becomes iconic throughout the series, uh, game over and, like, slamming the door shut. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. I mean, I'm just going to start using that in my everyday life, I feel like. <laughs> like, when I'm, like, done with a conversation with somebody and I'm, like, leaving the room, I'm just going to be, like, game over. And just slam, even when it makes no fucking sense. Just because, Have like. fun with that, Roberta. Yeah. I'm going to start slamming the doors in Roberto's face. Game over. Uh, I will say, these movies, I think, 
after after watching a few of them, you do get in the mindset where it's like, you know what? I don't give a fuck if this doesn't make sense. I don't need to understand because I know as soon as, you know, two minutes are left and those fucking piano keys start playing, it'll all come together. Hopefully I'm praying. I trust John Kramer. I know that he has a plan and I know that it's going to make sense in the end, even if it doesn't make sense. I'm going to just be like, he knew what he was doing. I trust him. Literally of John came Kramer, of look, trust the process. Trust the process. Say it. I was hot. I was hot for Jigsaw. I was hot for Kramer. <laughs> I hope this man hasn't done anything like nasty or cancelable. No, but, like, I love Tobin Bell. I just want to remind you that you came from my motherfucking neck over having a crush on Leslie Vernon from Behind the Mask. And this motherfucker, without hesitation, just said he was hot for John Kramer. Yeah, I'm also hot for John Kramer. Y'all, no. <laughs> It seems you need to like take this energy it. somewhere else. It seems like we're on the pulse, and uh, I don't it know. seems like you guys are on a fucking one-way train to um, needing Hell. a lot of therapy. <laughs> That's okay. okay. I will that. say my final note on the Saw movie, mm-hmm. and this is something that I carried with me through the rest of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Dream recast: Joey King as Jigsaw. I yes. won't take any questions. <laughs> We every time we watch a movie now, we do a dream recast, and we literally it's oh, Joey King has to be in all of them. <laughs> I love that. I'm sorry, I, she's just the most talented actress. Of I have not told my Joey King story on here, and I will not because I'm just going to make sure at some point we do a Joey, a Joey King minisode where we tackle all of her horror work. Sure. Um, and I'll talk about the it lie. Then. But just now, obviously, the lie. Hello, um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But we are nothing but Joey King stands here. Um, okay, so it's time we should move on to numero dos, Saw 2. Um, ask me to remember what the fuck happened in Saw 2. I couldn't tell you. It's Donnie Wahlberg. Bitch, I know it's Donnie. The way that they got Donnie Wahlberg in some of these movies had me, like, I was gagged. And then I was like, actually, no, that makes sense. What the fuck is he doing? Running Wahlburgers? Motherfucker, will be in the Saw movies. Yeah, I but think. that's now. after. You know why he got blue bloods? Because of motherfucking Saw Two. Um, but okay, Saw Two essentially, you know, this is when we really start to see. Okay, it's going to be continuing storylines. Um, Jigsaw's added again, motherfuckers. Um, this time we follow really the detective that's searching him for him, which is Donnie Wahlberg. Um, while that is happening, there's simultaneously a Saw game going on. So this is like the first movie when we get like a full group of people maneuvering through like they're stuck in one location and every room is a different trap which kind of becomes like the go-to for the rest of the series um so it's a group of people and the whole time they're trying to figure out why were they put here one of those people is the detective's son which jigsaw lets him know from the jump um you better like sit down and talk to me because he finds jigsaw right away and jigsaw's like well um if you don't, like, sit here with me and listen to me and, like, do what I say, then, like, you're never going to see your son again. So the whole movie plays out um, with different traps and blah, 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 and them figuring out that, like, they're all there because they were people that Donnie Wahlberg, the cop, put away in jail, but, like, kind of, like, framed a lot of them or, like, planted evidence on them to put them away. So he's, like, a very corrupt cop. And the whole thing at the end is that Donnie's getting so fucking worked up that he, like, goes and looks for his son or whatever, like, doesn't stay like he's supposed to, ends up getting himself caught in a motherfucking trap. Um, He ends up back in the fucking shit-stained bathroom. 
And we find out that the entire time his son was locked in this safe with like a ventilator so he could breathe in the same room as him because the fucking Saw game that was playing out was happening earlier, even though they make you think it's happening simultaneously. So here's where we really get into the convoluted storylines. And that's pretty much Saw 2 is Donnie Wahlberg having a big old egg on his face moment. John Kramer said, all you have to do is sit here and trust the process. Mm-hmm. Trust, I'm saying this, yeah. king of trust the process. Well, that's what I love about Jigsaw is that every single film, he tells you exactly what to do. He does not lie to you. He says, this is how you will win. Do not do this. Do not do that. And then all the people go, fuck you. I'm going to do it anyway. And then they die. And I'm like, all you have to do is just say, okay, dad. And then just do what he says. And you'll be okay, fine. dad. <laughs> yeah. I, I did um, develop a fascinating and hilarious phenomenon in which every movie I was like, oh, it's like, don't y'all get it? And it's like, no, because they haven't been through this like the way I've been through this. <laughs> like, why don't you know how to how do this? How this works, right? Like, yeah. they're not sitting there watching the movies with us. No. Wait, um, favorite traps, favorite traps. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Okay, favorite traps. Um, who wants to go first? Um, I think, well, okay, I'm a huge fan of the fact that this is the first film where it kind of feels like an escape room kind of game because mm. there are multiple traps within multiple different hidden rooms in the house that they're in. They have to try to escape. There's a trap for each individual person. It's really fun. Um, I think this is the most fun of the series. Um, yeah. Just because it, it feels like a group like outing and I love it. Um, I think oh, wait, we didn't that... say, sorry. What? Um, go quickly before we go any further, where did the first Saw movie rank for everybody on their ranking? It's my favorite. Uh, it, it's my favorite as well. It's my second favorite. Okay. Okay. Back to what you were saying. Um, so I think that even though I do like a lot of the traps that are within the house, I do think that the strongest trap, in my opinion, is the opening trap because it fucked my shit up when that man was told he needed to cut his eye out to get the key mm. for the Venus fly trap because, again, I was probably 13 when I saw it and that I, I'm like, I'm fine with most things, but eye stuff really fucks me up. And I was just, like, so terrified of him putting that scalpel to his eyeball. Um, I probably would have also just been like, fuck it. Just kill me at this point. That's my favorite. Just so everyone knows how shallow I am, that entire scene, I was Mm -hmm. just like, oh, that man's hot. He's not bad looking. As he's, like, running around in his underwear (laughs) trying not to get his head, like, pierced. If you don't think that we're watching every single movie ever, opening it up being, like, all of us being like, is this person hot or not? Like, that's the first thing that goes to my mind. Because that's going to determine how much I care. Yeah. Like, if they're ugly, I'm like, okay, like, I guess if you're a good person, I don't know. If you're hot, I will forgive so much. The mean thug who was, like, Mm. trying to kill everyone? Hot. Mm -hmm. I'll say it. He was hot. Um, I would say my favorite trap from the second movie, and it's not really a trap, I guess, but I will say it's a trap, is the needle pit. Because, um, I'm terrified of needles. I don't do needles well. But this one also has a special place in my heart because back a few years ago, um, the first time I was in L.A., living in L.A., I was hanging out with this boy who loved horror, and I was in his room, and we were watching Saw, and he was like, ask me which one I wanted to watch. And I, like, at this point, like, had no fucking idea which one was which. And I was like, I don't know. Like, and I said something to him about, like, oh, I don't like needles or whatever. I was like, I know there's a needle one. I don't want to watch the needle one. He was like, okay, we'll do Saw 2. Me, uh, mind you, I didn't fucking know which one was which. So I didn't get it. But, of course, also I was trying to be cutesy during this viewing. So we were, like, sitting on his bed together. And the fucking needle scene comes up. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? 
Like, and he's like, LOL, I got you. And so, of course, I'm like, oh, my God, like, I can't do this. Like, I need to hold your hand while I watch this. My ass now watching it with Roberto, just, like, sitting there like, yeah, whatever. Like, it is what it is. But at the time, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so scared. I need to hold your hand. Like, me trying to be fucking cute about it. Um, so because of that, every time that I think of the needle trap now, my heart does flutter a little bit, so Needle Trap is definitely my favorite. Her, throwing her, like literally, just launching her ass into a pit yeah. of needles just makes that my heart just, skip like, a not beat. Not even fair. No, it was supposed to be his trap, and he said, "Oh, I know. Thank you. Pick her up, put her in." Oh, uh, and the element of Amanda being in it, bringing her ass mm-hmm. back, delicious. Love Amanda. So with that good. hair, Shawnee, with that girl. K plus eight hair. Well, I mean, Shawnee Smith is a goddamn horror legend. I mean. And, you know, they, they wanted her in the first one. We talked about this in our Blob episode um, because of the, they were fans of her and the Blob in the 80s. Um, but when you see her in the first one, she's only she shot all her, fil- her scenes in one day for the first Saw film. And she was sick while they were doing it. Fun fact. Um, but you're almost like, oh, that's it? That's all we get of Shawnee? And then they're like, you want to tell that second one because Shawnee's going to be the baddest bitch. Roberta, what's your favorite trap? My favorite trap is, um, the one I always think about is the one where the girl has to stick her arms in the box <gasps> to get the oh, antidote. That's good. And then it, it, the, the there's a box and inside um, they're kind of like flaps, like imagine mm-hmm. like kind of rubber flaps, but they're lined with blades. So she sticks her arms through, she can't get them out without cutting herself. There's another box, she sticks her hand in that one too. <laughs> It's like, baby girl, come on. I just want to know what she was supposed to do because she's so. I know this. I know this. I'm pretty sure. You do? I'm pretty sure. Because I think maybe you told me, Roberto, isn't the key on the top of the box? Yes. She rushes in and doesn't look first, so she just shoves her hands through. But the top of the box is open. Oh. So she could have just, I mean, she's short, so she might have needed help, but she just needed to get in and take it from the top as opposed to shoving her arms through. That's what yeah, they I talked about was in the behind the scenes. Her, I think he's probably just banking on her being impulsive. Yeah. Well, because she's a, isn't she like a junkie or whatever? Or yeah, like... I mean, they show later that she's like a sex worker in like one of them. She like pops in. Oh, they do bring her ass back. In like yeah. the she's like she like approaches him in a car and she's like, hey, baby, you want to ride? And he's like, that's what also do in the series. It's like literally like people that they like one off kill in like a movie three movies ago. Because these timelines are so fucking convoluted, and you're, like, going back, going, thinking you're going forward, but you're still going back, like, you, like, run into these people, you're like, wait, didn't I see them in that movie? And you literally have to, like, piece it together. You literally need, like, a Venn diagram, or, like, that fucking picture from, like, Always Sunny of, like, Charlie, like, looking crazed with, like, the fucking, like, different color thread through everything. Like, that's what you need to watch the Saw movies and fully get it. But that's, I think, one of the... I think that's a really clever way to, uh, first of all, reward fans, right? But also, there's such a um, a rewatchability element to that. It's like, okay, now that I've seen all of them, I can't wait to go back and see how many of the things that are quote unquote payoffs in other movies are connected later on. How many of those elements were actually, you know, present in in the in the prior? Like, how much forethought? forethought? was in the making of these movies. You know, I I think back, there's like a scene in the first movie because the person who kidnaps all of the victims wears a pig mask, right? And at one point you see two pig masks and it's like, okay, that could just be like 
I'm trading pig masks for the night. But then you later find out there's there's more people involved and there's just a lot of little tiny details that I think are really fun to look for as someone who's already watched them. Yeah, there's a lot of setup in early films that doesn't pay off for like three films to come. But then when it does, it pays off hard. I could be wrong, and I'm not trying to shit on anybody that was, I mean, mainly Lee Winnell, because I know that he wrote these, or at least the first few. He only wrote the first one. No, he wrote the second one, too. Did he really? I mean, I know that James Wan only yeah. directed the first one. I don't think that there's a lot of pre-planning going on with these movies, honestly, because I don't think that they're on that level of, like, the Marvel stuff, because at least with Marvel, like, they know when they're making these movies, like, they have the money for it, they have the budget, like... They know that there's going to be movies down the line, where with the Saw movies, I feel like they don't have that so much. And really with any horror franchise, they really don't know how many movies they're going to get. I just feel like it almost must be a fun game with every next movie that you get, that you're like, um, okay, how are we going to tie this shit back in? Or maybe, honestly, they're like throwing random shit into some of these movies to be like, maybe this will make it easy for somebody, whoever writes the next fucking movie, to tie this in somehow. But I really don't think that there's like long-term, like, we know at movie six we're going to be revealing this. But I could be wrong. No, but I do think that they set things up with the forethought that, like, they will eventually probably tie that into something in some way. Like in Saw 3 when, like, Amanda opens the envelope and then, like, we don't see what she's reading, but she's devastated by it. I think they, they had a plan at some point to reveal whatever it is. I don't think that they necessarily knew it's going to be this person writing it and it's going to say this, but... I think they're like, okay, well, we'll set this up so that later on we can, like, come back to it. I imagine that there is more forethought than we think, but it's, you know, with every, each movie has, like, a different writer, a different director, and I also don't imagine that, you know, um, Lionsgate or Twisted Pictures, they were really cracking the whip to make sure that, you know, every possible um, thread that was, you know, set up early was followed through. I also imagine sometimes it's like, maybe these actors don't want to come back. You know, I think about like Julie Benz in the fifth one, who carried that entire fucking movie. You know, I feel like she is one of the few survivors and she doesn't come back, even though when, even though when they do a survive, like a, a survivor-esque film. Um, so I, I, I think... I don't know. I think there are a lot of elements that probably prevented them from being as, like, I don't, that prevented them from following through as much as maybe they had wanted to or talked about. So I feel like we do have to take a moment to talk about Donnie, obviously. Sure. He killed it. I'll say I mean, because he, he comes to play a big part in the rest of the movies. Like, the amount they bring him back is just like, God damn, he's resilient. And for what? For people like me. No, you're right. For <laughs> us, for us, Donnie Wahlberg stands. <laughs> um, um, I think he did a great job. I mean, I think that the acting on this on, in in the entire franchise is almost like split down the middle. I feel like it's either like pretty decent, solid, good performances, and then kind of just like who the fuck are these people? Where did you dig them up? Like, why are they here? I feel like there's there's very little middle ground. It's usually, like, solid, solid performances or just Jesus H. Well, I think, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm associating this with Donnie Wahlberg because it's just, like, the character that he's playing, but, like, the reveal of his son being in the safe the entire time 
is such an epic slap in the face that, like, once again, I have to pay my respects to this movie. Also, I feel like this is the first Saw movie that they really start uh, emphasizing that Jigsaw said ACAB. I mean, <laughs> literally, like, I, every movie, it's him, like, killing the police or just making, just, like, really emphasizing how fucking incompetent they are or how corrupt they are. And even when, spoiler, later on, there's a police detective that takes over for him. He's a fucking buffoon. I can't get into <laughs> Costas yet because I have a lot of thoughts of him. And we mm-hmm. will discuss him deeply because I hate him with a passion. I was just going to say on the Donnie Wahlberg front, I think that it works because... I mean, you genuinely believe that he, this man is willing to do anything to save his son. And the, I... I it's such a powerful performance in this. I mean, look, I have a complicated relationship with my father. So anytime like a father is just like ready to fucking do whatever it takes, I'm like, yes, King. But of course, this man is so corrupt. I think that that's the great balance of of when the movie hits, it really hits. It's like, oh, you're rooting for this person, but also fuck them because they're corrupt and police. Mm hmm. Um, well, I have two very quick thoughts. Um, one, I think this is the first time we really kind of see Jigsaw talk in riddles, which is like my favorite thing that he does, um, where he like it essentially tells you how to win, but in like a very obscure way, like when he tells them that the combination to the safe is um, on, in the back of their minds and the order is just over the rainbow because they all have a number painted on the back of their neck. I just, like, live Mm -hmm. for shit like that because I love escape rooms. I love riddles. I love puzzles. And this is the first time I feel like you really get that from him with his, like, wordplay, which I love. Um, Mm -hmm. But also, I think, I don't, it's obviously not as iconic as the original ending, but I do think that Saw 2 has another excellent twist at the end with Amanda that, again, made my fucking jaw drop when I saw it. And I just, like, respect every time that that a film in the series ends with like a big fucking punch because they don't always work but these two back to back ooh, so good no it is good because like they bring her back and you're just like oh my god like this poor girl and you're also Mm -hmm. like wait this doesn't make a lot of sense too because i feel like the whole thing is like you do it and you the whole reason he does these traps or whatever is to give you a greater appreciation of your life and blah blah blah. so she did her time she won like that's so fucked that she got brought back and then you realize it's like she willingly inserted herself into this game because she is now jigsaw's protege and it's just like it is a chef's kiss moment well there is also that like the the (laughs) the way she had to be in that pit (laughs) there's the fake out where like she says that she hasn't been very good to herself lately and they show like a flashback of her cutting herself so like the audience gets an understanding of like okay she did survive once but then like she fell back and is no longer appreciating life so she's being put through it again when in reality that's not the case Mm -hmm. but they really make you think it i mean and she gets the now she gets to do the to donnie Wahlberg what Mm -hmm. uh jigsaw did to uh lee winnell which is the you're back in a fucking bathroom you're chained up um i'm closing the door and saying game over because we find out am i i'm correct in the fact that we find out that donnie Wahlberg also planted evidence on her and got and like framed her some shit to get her arrested at one point yeah ugh jigsaw said a cab in this movie, I think the the sequel succeeds again because it follows 
elements of the first one that worked so well you know there's a two-hour time limit to these people and Mm -hmm. yeah they make it more fun there are more traps but at the end of the day you know we get to be with these characters for an extended period of time we get to hate them we get to root for them i would i'll say um especially because we're gonna move on to the third one in a minute i think the original trilogy even though i don't love the movies i think it's it's strong for what it is I think it's when you move past that original trilogy, then stuff really starts to become, like, super convoluted, you know, all this different shit. Not to say there aren't moments in the later ones that I enjoy or traps that I enjoy, but I think the first three on their own, solid. And I would have, I would be, like, fine with them. It's when you get past that, then I think it becomes, like, muddier and messier. I would even, I know that this is an unpopular opinion with you two, but I would personally put the fourth one in there but only because the first film has such a clear vision and it's so unique and it's you know in James Wan style and then two through four are directed by the same guy Darren Lynn Boosman who is also the director of Spiral which is why I'm very excited and I think those three films even though it's very convoluted he knows I think very meticulously what he's doing with all the timelines and then I think when five hits and it's from their different directors that's kind of when it loses its footing but I feel like two through four are very like solid for me because it is the same director it's the same vision so even though it's complicated it makes sense to my brain I think so I mean I'm a, I'm a fan of the first four personally I just think the first three the timelines are like braided nicely and by the time mm, the fourth one starts fair. it's like okay now I need a flow chart because what <laughs> Like, the fourth one and fucking Donnie Wahlberg is there again. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Look, he needed that check. Mark wasn't picking up the phone. Literally. Um, But we were talking about this before we move on to the next one. Donnie Wahlberg is low-key like a horror king. Because he's done three Saw movies. He was, we won't even touch upon it, but like him and Dreamcatcher. Um, He was also in um, Dead Silence. Also, Lee Wan another James Wan. Yes. Um, so you know what? Like he and he was in. Um, is, he was in Sixth Sense too, baby. Yeah. So he's he's carved his little place in horror. You know, Mark Wahlberg has you know every Boston fear. flick ever made he's and fear. Boogie Nights. Yeah, but like, I do like fear, fear. Isn't scary. Fear is just an experience. <laughs> when he like finger bangs her on the roller coaster. Oh yeah, to up. wild horses. When Alex oh, yeah. told me that the dog wasn't going <laughs> to die, and then not but 10 seconds later, the dog's decapitated head rolls through the doggy door, I was Yeah, but angry. I gave you, like, a three-second heads up. I think I said, oh, wait, actually, and then the head rolled in. Well, that doesn't do much for me, does it? I feel like if you're looking for a good, like, trashy Saturday night triple flick, you should do Poison Ivy, Fear, and then throw, like, wild things in. I mean, <laughs> when are we doing this? <laughs> tonight we're gonna do tonight um Anya you know I want to watch Coyote Ugly again this bitch picked me Coyote up not Ugly. to do on a tangent he picked me up from work at 10 p.m told me how he watched Coyote Ugly during the day while I was at work and I was like oh great and he was like yeah so I haven't rented for two more days so I was like yeah I mean I'll watch it with you he's like tonight pick me up at 10 p.m I've been standing for eight hours I hadn't eaten anything in eight hours I was like um no not tonight I would have a thousand percent watched it I love Coyote Ugly Ugh. You can't fight the moonlight. You can't. Ugh. All right, freaks. It. Where does Saw 2 rank on your overall list? It's my second favorite. 
the way we're on the same wavelength, Alex. Mm -hmm. The way we just get it. Yay. It's my third favorite. So moving on to Saw 3. Um, Does anybody want to tackle a quick synopsis of this one? Um, I mean, if I remember correctly, Saw 3 follows um, a similar format to the second one in which there is a game going on. There is a man who has to um, confront all of the people that contributed to the death of his child. He hits different checkpoints, and at each checkpoint, at each trap, there's someone who in some way... um, you know, either was a witness, was the judge, was the actual perpetrator of the person who um, appeared to have killed his son in a hit and run. And he has to, you know, either save them or learn to forgive. At the same time, um, we see Jigsaw, who his, his main motivation this entire time is that, you know, he has cancer, he's dying, and he really wants to teach people the value of life. So it's him on his deathbed, his cancer is popping off and they kidnap a talented doctor put her in a trap um and say you know your life is connected to his if his heart starts beating you die so it's her you know trying to do anything she can to save him and then the stories intertwine with a big explosive ending yeah perfect so anya i believe that you you really like this one this is, um, yeah, I enjoyed this one. Um, f- f- you know, didn't still wouldn't say I loved this one, but I think a factor of that, I mean, there's many factors. I think there's really, really good traps in this one. It has like a handful of really good ones. Some of the best, I think, of the series. Um, I, it, it's funny to me. I appreciate kind of like the strangeness of like he's being he really is being nice to this female doctor. Like, he's very caring to her. Amanda, like, seems, like, really pissed off at her and doesn't like her and keeps trying to kill her. And he's like, Amanda, no! Like, she's a dog. Um, Meanwhile, he has this, like, trap that's, like, you know, only moments away from, like, fucking blowing her head off, like, on her neck, which is really funny to me. But I remember vividly, this is how I remembered when we were watching, I was like, I have 3,000% seen this one, is the sequence in which, you know he's not doing well like his heart rate is like whatever and she's like well he has like something in his brain essentially it's like pushing against his skull so I need to fix it but we need to go to a hospital we need to go to a hospital and they're like no sorry do it right here so she literally has to perform like a brain operation on this motherfucker like in this dingy ass room and so she literally like cuts his head open has a little tiny saw and like cuts part of his skull open and it's like great practical effects like what fantastic but I just remember like that visual like imprinting itself on my brain when I was younger and like seeing these and like for some reason like it really stuck with me so yeah I I I like this one the best um does everyone have a favorite trap I feel like that's a good thing to talk about my favorite trap hmm I'm just going through the rolodex of traps in my head I honestly didn't vibe with the traps in this one i remember thinking they were all they they were just not it and i think part of it is the fact that the people in said traps had no control over whether or not they died i feel Mm -hmm. like i just think that when you have such a strong premise like john kramer 
Jigsaw puts you in traps to test your will to live. And when you stray too much from that and you don't actually give people a chance to live, then it just, it's, um, I don't know, it takes the fun away from it, right? I think to some extent we all watch horror movies because we want, again, to see someone survive or to see, you know, the lengths that someone will go to to survive. And I mean, the, the whole thing, the, the one of the big twists in this movie is that Amanda, you know, is kind of not on board with that plan and she has rigged all the traps so that you, like, can't survive them. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Detective Cop Lady in her um, opening death. Which, at this point, I also noted that from this point on, every movie has, like, three different openings. Yeah. And that's why this one doesn't rank higher to me. It's in that third place. Because it's like, we open on a trap, and then Detective Cop Lady comes in, is like, what's going on? And then she's in a trap, and then we meet Doctor Lady, and then we meet the guy. It feels like this movie's, like... It's like a a record scratch of like, we're starting now, we're starting now, we're starting now. Well, even more than that, it actually opens on uh, fucking Donnie Wahlberg breaking his ankle to get out of the trap. Oh my gosh. And then it goes Saw 3, and then it goes to the guy with all the piercing things, and and then it goes to her. It's like, yeah, there's so many openings. You're like, when are we going to start the actual story? What I will say, though, because you guys have been defending a little bit these, like, convoluted storylines, this is Mm -hmm. a a perfect example, though, because, like, what I'll say for the introducing the doctor and then the guy, because we don't know how they're related yet, but, like, I mean, uh, Saw 2 does the same shit where it's, like, here's one storyline playing as this storyline plays, and you're going to follow two groups. So that's kind of similar there. But even with the opening traps, like, like you're saying, Roberto, we come to find out that we're watching those because Jigsaw wasn't really, because he's too sick at this point, implementing those traps. Amanda was, and she wasn't doing it the Jigsaw way. She was doing it the Amanda way, which is just, no, fuck you. I'm just going to let you die. I'm not going to give you any chance to get out of this um, because I'm, I'm hardened and I'm angry. And thus why, at the end, of this movie jigsaw's like lol amanda this was all your test and now you're gonna die because like you have not been playing these games correctly so even though at the beginning it is all these different openings like even within what i'll give this to this movie is above some of these other movies i feel like where like there's convoluted shit and we don't even get an answer to why we had to see that until like a movie or two later Within this same movie, they're telling you, like, yeah, those two openings where it was, like, you know, two different people getting killed and, like, they didn't have a chance. We're going to bring that up within this movie and explain that. We're not going to make you wait down the line and be like, hey, remember that trap from two movies ago? Well, this is why we did that. Um, I don't have a problem with those elements being in the third movie. I have a problem with the structural way it was laid out. I just think if this story is going to focus on the main two storylines of Dr. Lady, you know, trying to fix John Kramer and this man going through like the maze and these trap checkpoints there are ways to late after after we've established the main story to cut to like oh the detectives are as always searching oh they're they're noticing this pattern like i just think there's a better way than to shove all of this stuff at the beginning and then shove like i think what is the main plot of the film towards like the back end um I agree with you. And it's just disrespectful to that 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 actress who I'd like, the the female detective. She was in the first and the second movie and then to just kind of like toss her aside as, well, we were as, saying as the this. second opening. 
we, I, I sent it to you because, like, obviously, once again, spoiler, in the fourth movie, a fuck, we find out, like, uh, a cop has become the new Jigsaw. Like, he was selected or whatever. And it's this fucking dude that we, like, really have never seen. We saw him for, like, deadass two seconds in the third movie. Like, literally two fucking seconds. Where this lady cop, like, has been in all the movies up until this point. And I kept saying to you in those other movies, we were like, okay, she's kind of serving. Like, when is she going to get her moment? And then we get her moment of her just being in a trap. She can't even survive it. And then she's done. She's done so. And I was like, I would have much rather seen this bitch be the bitch that secretly starts working with Jigsaw. Like, Jigsaw and his girlies, Amanda and Detective Allison. Like, that would have been iconic over the fucking Jamoke that we get following this. Um, so I do agree that she did not get the moment in the sun that she deserved. I mean, um, I, you can argue that they they are succeeding by killing off a character that we quote unquote care about, right? Because this woman has been in the first two movies, but it, it feels more, it, the emotional reaction is less like, oh, I'm sad that a character I care about died and more that um, this actor who, and character who had a lot of potential is being tossed aside for, yeah. you know, a weaker, less interesting white man. It feels more like frustration than it does like I'm devastated because I really loved her. Like it's more just like like you're saying like oh my god what could have been if they didn't fucking pull that shit. But if you guys are not going to say some favorite traps, I will. No, I would love to say because I like trap. these traps. Well, I asked, and then you guys were talking about how you didn't fucking like the traps. No, you asked, and then I let Roberta go first, and then now it's my turn. And this bitch just drug it through the mud. <laughs> well, I will say. Look, that... I don't want to see a man drown in pig lard. That's not cute. Thank you. My favorite Honey, trap. Honey, it was fun. <laughs> no, it's not. My favorite trap is <laughs> Detective Carrie and the rib trap because even though I do find it frustrating that she's not able to save herself, especially because she did the fucking thing, she got the key, it's frustrating. I think the acid was fun. I think the visual of her ribs ripping open is like one of the better visuals in this film. Um, I actually also enjoy the man who has like all of the hooks in him that he has to pull out. I think that's fun. But when it comes to the actual main plot of the film, that's where I don't like any of the traps. I mean, I think that the final one with the man who killed his son is fucking brutal and it like really upset me the first time I saw it. But I cannot get past the pig one. I just think it's gross and stupid it's my least favorite trap in the entire series. Every time I have to watch it, I'm like, great, cool. I hate watching this slush, like this like pig slush fall on this like shitty white dude. I don't care. Let's move on. I hate it. It's just not up to Jigsaw standards okay. in my opinion. If we're done with the dragging them through the mud, I would like to say my favorite trap. It's just I asked for positivity in this moment and all I got was how you guys didn't like any of this. Um, so As Saw stands, we deserve that. Anyway, I think that my favorite um, would be the rack mm -hmm. in which the guy is like, you know, like Christ on the cross and then he just gets his limbs turned slowly um, because it's awful. I mean, there's nothing else about it. Like, it literally is just awful. Like, he's screaming the whole time. Like, this guy can't figure out how to get him out of it. But I will say about the pig that, I fuck with the pig that. Because it's so fucking disgusting. Like, it is truly, like, vile. Like, the first pig that gets ground up and just, like, chugged down onto him, like, gag reflexes going. 
my guy. Like, it's disgusting. So, yes, it's not up to whatever Jigsaw standards. But as we know, it's really Amanda running the show for a lot of this. And that bitch is tapped. um, I don't agree. I think that Jigsaw had a lot of to do with the three traps that the guy is in. All I will say is the one that I I don't necessarily hate it, but I like could have done without was the freezer trap with the lady that was naked. Just, just because didn't like, have to be naked. <laughs> well, she didn't. She didn't because the whole point is just like it's the hypothermia. So like by spraying her with like cold water all over her naked body, like she doesn't have any clothes or anything to provide her warmth. It's just to add to the level of torture, but. For most of these movies, like, we don't get a lot of nudity or female nudity, which I appreciate, not because I hate female nudity, but just because a lot of times in horror films, we've talked about this, it is gratuitous. It is just to get, like, asses in seats because there's going to be tits on screen. So, like, this is kind of the only time they do it, which is why I don't necessarily hate it because it doesn't feel gratuitous. It does feel, if you really think about it, like, part of the trap and the reasoning. But if they cut this, I wouldn't be upset. As a whole, by this point, because, you know, when I enter a movie, I only ask that it be, you know, three things, and that is fun, gay, and sexy. Um, th- these movies are not gay. Um, <laughs> Yet you love them. Correct. And they're not sexy. And it's like, it, it feels odd asking for Saw to get sexy, because I don't want, like, something perverted and nasty and, like, I, like, I just don't need, like, a trap that has to do with sex. I just want some of the characters to, you know, have a little fun before getting their scalp ripped off. Mm. And I just don't think that's too much to ask for personally. So anybody else have anything they want to say about Saw 3? The ending was good. Oh, you mean when his head, or the wife's head gets blown off? Well, when you find out that the, the doctor is actually married to the man going through all the checkpoints that they shared a son, that she's been having an affair. This is also the first movie where it they it feels like they aggressively set something up for the next movie when John Kramer um, pours wax over mm-hmm. what appears to be a tiny square of some sort and you don't really know what it is. And then they don't reference it at all. You're like, oh, that shit's gonna be, you know edited into the big explosive ending of the next movie Mm -hmm. i did scream a little bit because i was like well when they reveal it in the fourth movie i was like there's no fucking way he was able to swallow that wax covered or not it's so big i think you could swallow that he's dying maybe if you have like the throat of a snake and you can like unhinge your jaw i mean you can i don't know i don't think it's that big i mean you can eat food that is but you chew it you can just swallow it whole. I've taken some big ass pills. I think I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> the size of a fucking tape. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Well, where does Saw 3 rank for everybody? That's my third. It is my third. It used to, I used to not like it. It used to be one that, like, I really, it was, like, my least favorite. Um, but going back and rewatching, it is my third. Saw 3 is my favorite. And I will die on that hill. I'll let you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I know you will. Fucking A. <laughs> All right, I guess I will tackle Saw 4's plot. Um, so Saw 4, well, at the end of Saw 3, Jigsaw, John Kramer, is killed. He is dead. And honestly, when the fourth one was released, I was like, how are they going to continue this without Jigsaw? But Tobin Bell still got that paycheck every month, every movie. Um so it opens up on his autopsy where we 
get what Roberta was talking about, which is the wax covered uh, tape that is in his stomach. And we realize that it is not over. He has, you know, he's going to live on after death. And in this film, we follow a detective who has been, I guess he's not a detective, he's a cop, um, who has been in the second and third film. Um, I think he's pretty sexy. I liked him. I was glad that we followed him around for the whole film. Um, and his, he gets kind of a scavenger hunt. It's not so much like he's stuck in one warehouse like the other films have been, where he's physically going out in the world and he has to, basically he's being asked to view these people the way that John Kramer views them as, you know, these bad people or people who have been put in bad situations and he wants him to, you know, give them the justice that he thinks they deserve or, you know, give them, you know, a reprieve and save them. So we follow him doing that. Meanwhile, we have Donnie Wahlberg who is hanging on a block of ice, a very, very large block of ice. Poor Donnie. Um, uh, It's great. He's very shaggy. um, And essentially we have a whole other plot line of like, him, the detective who will, spoiler alert, become the new Jigsaw, and a third man. And we don't really understand what's going on with this. We just know that the cop has to complete his tasks in order to save all of them. Um, and yeah, we just follow, for the most part, him trying to save his friend, a.k.a. Donnie Wahlberg. It's probably the most convoluted film in the series. I mean, it's close. I just feel like by this point, Donnie Wahlberg has survived so much. I'm like, y'all let him go. Y'all stop playing with Donnie. Well, I think that was my initial reaction. There's so much about this film, but one of my biggest things was this was the one where I was like, is Donnie Wahlberg here again? (laughs) Like, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It was already a lot to have him come back in the third one. Like, oh, he survived the bathroom because then they have that whole scene at the end of the third one. He's like, I'm going to kill you, bitch, to like Amanda. And, but then, like, she, like, fights him off and, like, leaves him to die. So I'm like, okay, well, good for him for kicking that long. But then when they bring him back in this fourth one, I was like, are you guys fucking kidding me? And I think similarly to Roberto, I was like, he has to make it out. Like, you don't bring somebody for fucking three films. And then they just do him so incredibly dirty by, like, crushing his fucking skull like a watermelon. Like, there's no way you come back from that. You're dead. For sure, is he sure? Um, but yeah, Alex, you really defended this one so I feel like what were what are some opinions you have on it or some thoughts well when it came out I think this comes back to the fact that I didn't like Saw 3 when it came out and so when this one came out I thought it was a lot more fun than the third one um upon rewatching, I you know I think that this is the fourth best I do think that you know for the most part in the series they kind of just slowly decline and each one is like slightly worse than the one before it um but I really I do like the the actor who is the center of this film. Um, I also think that this is the first time where the people who are in the traps are kind of like more objectively bad people and have done objectively worse things where I feel like the first few films Jigsaw is punishing people who, you know, do stupid shit. Like, like they're a sex worker or they are a drug addict or, you know, they tried to commit suicide, which is all just like personal things that I don't think are you know, worthy of punishment. But in this one, you know, you get um, a man who has viciously raped people. You get a man who is domestically abusing his wife and uh, a student. And so I feel like I kind of get more of a 
a thrill seeing these shitty people have to go through the traps than people who I think don't really deserve it. So I think that's a big element of why I like it. Um, but I, 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 and I think I like the traps for the most part, but it's not as good on uh, second thought when I, when I went back and rewatched this time. It's not like great, but I do have fun with it. I mean, I think a big issue for me, and I know it's something I think that you like about it, you said, but I feel the opposite, is the fact that a lot of it is, it isn't the classic saw of like, you are trapped in a warehouse or wherever, or a a crack den, honestly, sometimes. Um, (laughs) And that's where all the traps are and you can't get out until you fucking go through it all. Where like this, um, so you follow Rig, but he's like, is out in the open and he's not ever caught in a trap. He's just like so desperate to find Donnie Wahlberg and whoever else that like, he's like, following all these instructions and to me it was just like well and granted like he won't because that's not what his character would do but like he was never trapped he was never like felt like he was fully forced into having to do all of them where in other soft films that is the case because you are kidnapped and you are put somewhere and you cannot leave until you get through it or you die like it never felt like his life was at stake. It was always just other people's. Again, even in Saw 3 with the husband, where like he was never in a trap. He was just always in these different rooms deciding if people could live or die. He was still forced to do that because he was trapped in one location. He wasn't like he could be like, oh, I'm fucking not doing this. And like, you know, I'm going to go home to the kid who is dead, obviously, in that movie. Yeah, but, but he, was, he was forced to do it with, with the bond of friendship because he knew he needed to save his friend. That's bullshit. That's so You're telling stupid. me that if, if Roberta or I got kidnapped and you knew that you had to go through these traps to save us, you wouldn't do it. You would go, mm, I think I'm just going to go home. Okay, if this was the case. If I was fucking doing this shit, you guys were stuck somewhere and I had to follow the instructions to get you out. And mm-hmm. my instructions were essentially like, you know, just let these people die. I'm fucking walking in the room, bullet in the head to all of them. <laughs> and going on to the next one. I'm not fucking doing this. I'm not playing these games. I'm not going to possibly let these motherfuckers get out and then attack me like the one bitch does in the scalping. Like, no. But then you've committed murder and you're going to go to prison. Um, I'm murdering criminals? Cops do it all the time. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. And they don't go to fucking prison. Okay. Listen, why are you mad? I'm coming to get you. Are you? I just said I'm going to come get you and I'm going to shoot these bitches in the head along the way to speed it up. Well, then guess what? I'm going to die because you didn't follow the rules, Anya. Oh, rules are made to be broken. I will say in this film's defense, I I mean, I don't enjoy most of the film, but conceptually, you know, the, the cop's test is to literally not follow through. Like, it's literally stop being obsessive. Like, literally just stop. That's all he had to do. So in that, with that in mind, the idea of it being a scavenger hunt and him seeking out all of these clues, like, okay, that works. It just isn't executed very well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that for me, a lot of the frustration comes in from the idea that the payoff isn't great because it turns out to be, you know, this detective who we've barely gotten to meet um, I don't, I, I do enjoy the trap with the abusive husband and the wife. I think that's a really fun one. I like seeing her choose herself mm-hmm. and survive. Um, I liked that we got a black lead. Mm-hmm. Um, all that said, 
the beginning being the end, the it going on at the same time as that pissed me off. It's it it was it's just too much. You know, I think ultimately the, the the films work when they're kind of simple and to the point. Well, also, it's like it has to be a perfect mixture of like most of the movie has to be really simple. And then, you know, fuck me up at the end. Um, speaking of Detective Hoffman, whose real name I just learned is Costas, which I'm obsessed with. <laughs> um, I didn't find him as hot as you did, Alex, but I do. I, I'm... Excuse me? I, I have questions. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Did you say you no, want? No, 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 no. What did you want? No, 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 She no, no. hates him. I oh, you despise him. him. I think Detective <laughs> Rig is hot. Which one's Detective Rig? He is the, the lead. black lead. They look exactly yeah. the same. Wait. Wait, fuck. What? I'm confused. Which one is which? Guys, what? Detective There's so Rigg many detectives the, and you can't he, bother to learn any is, of their names. He is the black lead. Detective Hoffman is the guy who takes over for Jigsaw who's gross and his name is Costas. Okay, no, I, I confuse Hoffman and Strom. That's who I confused. Yes, okay, so Rig, they're just yes, generic Rig is hot. <laughs> yes. Rig is hot. That's great. Yeah. Hoffman, his character sucks. But I there was something about him that, you know, I had questions about. I, I, I don't know. I, I would I would test out the waters. Personally. I hate him. I hate him with a burning passion. What do you mean you test out the waters? Like you want to fuck him? Like once. Just, just out of curiosity. Like. Yeah. Just like <laughs> what's going on? This I mean, not a lot. It feels like <laughs> I like that. My journey through the Saw movies is like, who do I want to have sex with? Um. Wait. Remind me. Is this the one that ends with him in the glass box? No. With this, that's no. the next one. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I won't talk about it yet. Um, wait, one more if question. I sound demented it... talking about sleeping with these random men who we can't even figure out who is who. Roberto, I embarrass myself on every one of these episodes <laughs> talking about who I want to fuck, so you literally could not embarrass yourself. Um, <laughs> literally, you would have to actively rival me and, like, try. Um, but is this the one that ends where, like, it comes back in where the third one ends? Yes. E- yes? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I that pissed me off. That was, I think, like the the sign seal delivered on me being like, I fucking hate this movie because I, I get that the movies have like these interwoven storylines, but to me, that was like beyond convoluted of like timeline where it was like, well, this was actually all happening, and then he was actually a part of that ending of that one, and I was just like, oh my fucking god, you guys are doing the most, and for what? Like, it just was so beyond irritating to me that they really tried to like it was already irritating that they tried to make him the new jigsaw i was like what who the fuck is this guy like we haven't even seen him and then they were like oh and on top of that he was actually involved with what happened in the third movie and i was like bull fucking shit he was involved with that you are really fucking pulling teeth with that shit it just like truly made me so angry i don't know why but it did and that's what solidified me being like i i cannot enjoy this movie i don't like this movie and you're valid. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think uh, this is the last movie I enjoy because for most of it, you don't realize that he's involved. And once it becomes clear that, like, he is now Jigsaw, I hate it. I, I no longer care because I hate him. So I like this film because I don't know yet until the end. Do you guys have a favorite trap quickly before we go on to the next one? 
Oh my god, not Roberto sending this photo to us of Costas. Did you see it? Ugh. Okay, I get it. No, yes. I get it. I right? I get it, Roberto. No, I get it. I get it completely. <laughs> we'll share this on the Instagram so you guys get it. No, I still say no. Um, but my favorite is the teacher wife trap where they have spikes through them and hers are in parts mm. of her body that she'll be fine and his are in parts where he will bleed out and she says fuck you dude i'm saving myself i love that one i think that's great yeah roberto favorite trap uh, yeah that's my same one your same one i i would like to say it would be the bedroom one where like the rapist gets what's coming to him but mm. i was like I, I almost thought they didn't go hard enough I was like, I want this guy to get, like, the most depraved trap of the series for what he's done, mm-hmm. and he didn't. And it, it was just, like, so quick because, like, he, like, didn't gouge out his second eye, and then it was over. And I was like, okay. So I think, honestly, Donnie Wahlberg, baby, on the ice block, just because it's so, mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, Donnie's here again. And then him just, like, having the two, like, other ice blocks come in and, like, smash his head to, like, smithereens. Yeah, I was like, you good. know what? <laughs> That's kind of epic. Um, but yeah, so anybody want to share their ranking first of where they have it on their list? This is my number fourth. Your number four. Okay, Roberto. Out of seven, I have it as Out of eight, my... babe. There's eight movies. Oh my god. Oh. Well then, oh, hold on. Okay, then out <laughs> of eight, it is at the number seven spot. I have wow. it at the same place. I have it at number seven. Yeah. Okay. All right, so now we go on to Saw 5, which I guess I will... At this point, it's like literally what the fuck is happening. I literally. I guess <laughs> I will recap Saw 5 um, if I can remember most of it. Oh, Jesus Christ, Alex might have to help me. Um, okay, essentially at this point, they like knew that somebody else was helping Jigsaw, so they're like trying to find who was doing that. So we have Strom, who is the fucking detective that I mess up with a fucking, who is it? What is his name? I literally don't even remember. With the other fucking guy that's Jigsaw Luke now. from Gilmore Girls. Yes. Yeah. Luke from Gilmore Girls and the guy that Roberta wants to fuck one time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're, essentially, I don't Gilmore like Girls. being branded as that. I don't like that being my identity. I mean, I'm Oliver Jackson Cohen's whore. I just think there are other people that I actively want to sleep with, whereas, you know, this man, it's like, okay. But within the context of our show, there isn't. This is the only man you want to sleep with well, in the Girls Who Cried Be Horror universe. Girl, what? Can I? No, I'd rather have the writer from the first movie. Give me... Lee Winnell? Uh, you can't even say his name! Give me Ezra Miller lookalike. Anywho, Saw 5. Okay. Alex, I really think you need to help me with this. Okay, I Because I don't that. remember. Please do. Okay. I, like, remember, but not enough to, like, verbalize it. Okay, so Saw 5 um, is centered around two, I mean, as always, it's two interconnecting stories. It is Detective Hoffman, you know, trying to not get caught by the other police because two FBI agents come in who are Detective Strong, who is Luke from Gilmore Girls, and then a female detective, FBI agent, um, whose name I do not currently remember, but they're investigating because they think that J- that John Kramer had a successor. And so they're trying to figure out who it is. And Detective Hoffman is just essentially trying to, like, throw them off in any way that he can so he's not found out. Meanwhile, we have a group of people who have been taken and put into, you know, a game. Um, there are five of them to start off. And they are all connected in some way in which they need to try to figure out 
um, it all comes together that, you know, they all had a hand in this, um, you know, uh, real estate structure that they wanted to get. They wanted, essentially, they wanted to like rebuild on this land. So they had to set it on fire so that they could have it demolished and they could, you know, get permits. And it, it, it's kind of boring, honestly. Um, but it's all about how like they collectively, as a, you know, as a journalist, as a city worker who gets permits as a real estate person all have, have come together and they accidentally killed a bunch of people in this fire trying to get the property um so they have to go through four different rooms and they all think that they need to like sacrifice each other to get ahead because that's what they do in their everyday life but little did they realize they were supposed to fucking work together and all survive and so by the end of it they have to sacrifice more because they were being selfish um and that is the plot of five. I think because of the fact that this came right after Saw 4, which clearly I did not vibe with, immediately I was like, this is so much better. It's still not a good movie. But, like, it was, like, for me, like, miles and miles better. And I appreciated, like, I was, my issue with the fourth one, that we got back to, okay, here's a group of people, they're trapped someplace, and they have to go room to room and get through the traps. And it's just so kind of iconic to me that, like, Jigsaw Loki has cornered the market on team building exercises. Like, (laughs) if they, like, I'm just thinking, like, if I ever, like, had, like, an office job or whatever, where it was like, okay, guys, like, this weekend we're going to do this, like, team building exercise. Like, it's us then waking up in a dirty bathroom in a Saw movie. And it's like, okay, we have to work together to get out. Like, that's so fucking funny to me. Once again, another genius sketch idea that I'm giving you motherfuckers. Somebody make it if it hasn't been made. Um, but yeah, I mean, I... And what's her name? Oh my god, Roberta. What's the actress's name that we really liked that was in this? Julie Benz. Yes. Um, she's so good in this. Um, she's carrying this fucking movie on her back. It's like that part of the movie was interesting to me. Like the five of them doing the classic going room to room. It's the other shit of the two white dudes fighting each other that I can't tell apart. That I was like, I could, I don't care. Luke from Gilmore Girls and Costas do look identical in this movie. Yeah. Um, anybody else? Some hot takes? I would like to give a shout out to Megan Good because I love Megan Good and she's also in this film. And she's underrated. I think she's excellent. Mm. I agree. I mean, I think this movie should have just been the five people trapped. Absolutely. Trying to get through the traps. And then brief, and when I say brief, I mean brief. Yes. Intercuts to the policeman. Um, because I think the, the, the twist of it being, like Alex said, like they were supposed to work together is such a like golden moment. Like, that, like, moment of them realizing that is, like, so fucking good. That, yeah, I wish that them had been the, the huge focus of the film. Yeah, I think that's why I don't like this one that much, because I just dislike Detective Hoffman as a character so much, and it becomes kind of his story in this one, especially because it, it mm-hmm. opens on um, a trap, which we learned is just him doing kind of what Amanda was doing and just getting revenge on the man that killed his sister, which is backstory I didn't need. Um, and yeah. I just... Like, you're not John Kramer. You will never be John Kramer. And I don't need an entire film about you trying to be. I would much rather watch people in a game. And so every time I think about Five, I hate it because I can't even remember that there was, like, a game being played. I just remember that so much of it is him and Luke, like, fighting each other. 
Well, you just yeah. reminded me because I forgot that the opening was that pendulum trap. Um, yeah. You're so right in the fact that it's like, I don't give a fuck about what your fucking past history is. Because even when we get it of Jigsaw, though, like, it's never just like, oh, here's this one-off story that we're just throwing in to, like, give this character something more. Like, even Jigsaw, like, his whole thing with his wife and, like, losing a child, they build that into the whole fucking universe and so many mm-hmm. movies to come because then she becomes a major player. Like, his they don't wife, just, like... a movie killer. We'll get to her. Um, but, like, like, they don't just say, like, oh, yeah, Jigsaw, like, had cancer and had a baby die. Like, they make that all, like, a huge, intricate part of the series. Where, like, this fucking dude killing off the dude that killed his sister is just, like, so you can have an opening. Like, and so that maybe the, that that's the way the detectives piece it together. Because they're, like, funny how this guy got killed and he also killed your sister. Like, it's just so fucking dumb. Like, I don't care. Like, we don't get this shit with Amanda. We don't get, like, huge convoluted backstory. The most backstory we get is her backstory with John Kramer, which we care about. I don't give a flying fuck about this detective who wants to be Jigsaw and his dead sister. I don't. It feels like a gut reaction to probably fan outrage at the discovery that this random guy is taking over as Jigsaw. You know, it feels yeah. like we have to throw something at the wall. <laughs> well, because you end the third movie, right, with, like, Amanda, like, being killed, which I'm sure was devastating for some fan. Like, I knew it was coming and I was devastated. Like, I was like, I love this bitch. I love Shawnee Smith. I love her in this role. And then the next movie to be like, oh, well, who's it going to be? Like, maybe, like, Shawnee Smith isn't actually dead somehow or whatever. And no, it's just this fucking random idiot. And you're like, are you serious? Is this the movie where you find out that it's his fault that Amanda dies? Or that he was, like, manipulating Amanda? No, I think that's in Because that was a good twist. No, I think you don't find out till like, number seven. Because they track. they teased like like throughout multiple films like the fact that he wrote the letter to her, but it's not revealed until the final chapter what the letter said, which is what got her killed. Right. Okay. Anyone have a favorite track from this one? Um, I mean, I I think the ending is really great. Right. He dies at the yeah. end. It's the glass You're, box. This is death. yes. Yeah, I think that's great. That's great. Like, whoa, yeah, I agree. Moment. Well, I remember I told Alex when we were rewatching, or when I was watching with you, Roberto, that I was like, I might have said something to you too, where I was like, "Is I, I remembered this visual from a move from one of the Saw movies of like so, people being squished or something," and and I remember telling Alex, and she wasn't going to spoil anything for me, but I was like, "I was like, I feel like I've seen that, but it hasn't happened in the movies that I'm sure that I've seen yet." So I must have seen like coming on the tail end of this movie at one point when it was on TV and saw this scene, and it stuck on with FX. me again on fx on amc fear fest one of them um of like this guy being like smushed in this wall because it's brutal because like you see the, the moment of like him you know helplessly trying to push against the walls like that's gonna do anything and then his like bones snapping out of his arm and shit um while the other motherfucker just like lowers into his glass coffin in the ground i think that is an epic moment like i do enjoy that ending for those who aren't aware what's happening right like Luke from Gilmore Girls walks into this room. Jigsaw tells him to get in a glass box filled with crushed glass. He's like, this will be painful, but not as painful as your other option. Yeah. Luke from Gilmore Girls is like, bitch, please. Yeah, again, everyone just not listening. And tosses Costas in the glass cage. And then Mm -hmm. Costas is safe. Right. Um, Luke from Gilmore Girls gets squished. But I think other than that ending, um, I really do like the final trap for the group with the the pints of blood they have to sacrifice. 
because it's this I mean it's brutal already where it's like you have to put your wrist in over these like moving blades and just like bleed out into a jar like ooh, it freaks me out but on top of that it's the the moment of realization of oh well if we all had survived it would be two pints of blood each and now we killed everybody else so we have to give five pints of blood each or whatever the fuck it is like it's that final moment of being like oh fuck we were supposed to do it together i just would like to point out a flaw in their planning because they figure out the two remaining julie benz and the guy when they like they hear what they have to do and then they go back into the room beforehand which hasn't like you know blown up and sealed off yet and she they she realizes like oh my god we're supposed to do this together at that point if they were smart, they would have then taken off the clamps that have electrocuted Megan Good, and they would have dragged her fucking dead ass into the room and then just used her hand. Yes! I thought the exact same thing, but they were too busy chit-chatting. Like, I get it. You have, like, a minute to think of it, but... Well, isn't it? Is it the electric current that's going through her body, like, keeping the door open, or no? No, it was on a timer. I think it's so a they had, like, they had, like, a minute left. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, the first thing I would do would be like, get your ass up. Don't fucking say a word to me. We're lifting this bitch in here and we're getting all 10 pints from her ass. Absolutely. Teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work, which is what Jigsaw was trying to say the whole time. I do feel like Jigsaw would have somehow found a way to punish them for that, though, because it's like, well, they still didn't get it because they didn't sacrifice anything themselves. They just. Yeah. But I think Hoffman was so busy at that point. Yeah. They weren't even really monitored when they were, like, doing it because he was so busy trying to keep the FBI off his back that, like, they were kind of just, like, doing stuff but no one was really watching it. It was just automatically happening. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, like, as long as the actual task is registered as complete, they would have gotten out, I think. So, once again, just not using their brains and they get what's coming to them. Anything else anyone wants to talk about about Saw 5? Or should we go to our ranking? I don't want to talk about Costa's. (laughs) (laughs) um i have saw five ranked as my fourth i have it as um sixth sixth i also have it as sixth okay all right interesting so now we go on to what are we on saw six saw six saw six anyone want to tackle the synopsis saw six follows the insurance the head of like an insurance company and um he like devised an algorithm that essentially found a way to cheat people out of like all of the insurance money they've been paying so you know it's him going through a series of traps having to kind of implement his algorithm vaguely it's him going through each trap and essentially having to see what a um direct death looks like because you know he, he denies people insurance money and they eventually die so it's jigsaw putting him to the test of like can you make a snap decision when someone's life is like on the line in front of you um and while that's happening you see um people that you believe are his family members trapped watching him um and the entire time it's like he, him having to get through all these check marks in order to save his family and at the same time, more detective stuff is happening. Yeah, Can't tell more you backstory, what. more bullshit. I think I think stuff with with uh, John Kramer's wife that I don't care mm-hmm. about. Well, yeah, she comes. We because I think possibly in the movie before this we saw her, and in 
in John's will, he left her this like chest with something in it that we didn't see. And then this movie, we see that he left her like a chest with like envelopes in it um, for like essentially the plans to his next game. Yeah. And he like wants to make sure that like, not that she's running it, but that like he knows that she gets him. His wife really gets his plan and that it gets run the way he wants. But then Hoffman is like, move over, bitch. Uh, I'm the new Jigsaw now, which like, how dare you disrespect Jigsaw's wife? He will come for you beyond the grave. Um, And so it's kind of those two going toe-to-toe, I feel like. And we also see that she was left the reverse bear trap as well, which ends up playing a role in the end of the film. Um, But for the most part, I think it is just mainly this guy, this insurance guy going through the different games mm-hmm. or traps i should say um this is my favorite out of uh, um after the original trilogy well you said you told me roberto and then alex told me after and i was like so funny because roberto told me that this was the one from the first season of the reality show scream queens that had the winner on it yeah i would love to discuss her if i may um so the opening so yeah so vh1 i just had remember a... the opening oh my god uh, yes, VH1 had a reality show that I loved when it aired called Scream Queens, which was essentially just trying to find the next big Scream Queen for horror, and they were going to win a role in the next Saw film. And uh, this beautiful woman named Tanidra Howard, who I loved, she was hands down the best actress on the show, she won, and so she won the opportunity to be in Saw 6. So she is the woman in the opening who has to cut her arm off. Um, in the pound of flesh scale trap I think she does an incredible job and I think she did such an amazing job that they fucking gave her a second scene where she's in the hospital and they brought her back in Saw 7 because she was so fucking good so I don't think she's done too much since then but I love her I think she's a great addition I think that her trap in the beginning is my favorite of this film she's really just like fucking slams her arm off real fast it's brutal well, it's kind of smart the way that she does it instead of, like, because the other guy she's in the room with is, like, immediately, like, cutting off, like, his stomach flab. Yeah. Which is, like, I, I, I don't know. It's, like, a weird place. I guess, like, if you're, if you have extra fat there, like, go for it. But yeah. it also is just, like, such a weird place to choose. But because of the fact that she's waiting, I don't know if she's doing it intentionally, to see how much he puts in, it lets her gauge how much she's going to have to cut off. So she only has to do it once, essentially, and be done. Like, okay, okay, full arm's worth, great. Instead of her, like, slowly cutting off pieces of herself and having to cut more. Well, no, she is trying to cut off. She is she is cutting her arm off, like, the whole She, like, she puts a tourniquet on, and she's, like, cutting from, like, the elbow down. And she's, like, cutting into the bone. But then she's seeing that he's, like, he's putting so much in that she has to keep going up and up. So she's cutting her arm, like, multiple times before she just takes the fucking axe and just slams it. But, I mean, good for her. What a survivor. <laughs> um, But... What I will say is I remembered, once again, this is one of those things where I definitely saw this in passing or in promotion for the movie, never actually saw the movie, was the shotgun carousel, mm-hmm. which I would love to have said that was my favorite trap from the movie, but when I watched it, because I remember I said Robert and we were watching it, I was like, I remember this trap, I don't remember, what, I don't know what movie it's in, and then it came up, and I was like, oh my god, here it is. I don't know what I thought it was. I didn't know it was a shotgun. I just remembered, like, seeing this visual of, like, all these people, like, tied to this carousel that was clearly a trap of some kind. And I just feel like, in general, in a lot of horror movies, or even especially Saw, like, when the means of death is just, like, getting shot, I'm like, okay, I don't care. Like, especially because, like, I mean, 
when you get to these levels of depravity with some of these traps of like the way that it's like you have to cut something out of you or you're being torn apart like getting a shotgun shot to the head I don't want that that's awful that's scary but it, it doesn't it doesn't spark anything in me right but that scene soars that scene soars not because of the trap but because of the characters in the trap having to yeah <laughs> throw each other it's, under the bus she's a fucking whore don't save her it's hilarious it's no because you're right. out of the five two are allowed to live so it's them competing you know trying to plead their case i'm a mom <laughs> and then everyone else throwing each other under the bus it's delicious it's so fun well, it's so fun because, like, they're all, like, kissing ass, obviously. They're like, please, I would do anything for you. I love you. You're my best friend. And then, like, the second he doesn't pick them, they're like, you fucking slime. <laughs> it's so fun. You, no, you're right. I forgot about that. Um, I just think it's a great mix of story. I think the the main, the boss man, I th- I think he did a great job of, you know, being a character that you has done bad things has denied people money has cost people their lives but also is really in the moment like he doesn't want to you know be the direct cause in front of his eyes of someone getting shot in the face um i think the traps are fun and i my favorite trap is probably the first trap that he is in just because it's so visually striking him um like the the janitor who was just the the janitorial staff man who was just put there because he's a smoker (laughs) (laughs) um them being like the the trap is they're in a machine and every time they breathe they get crushed a little um so it's a it's a game of whoever can hold their breath the longest i love jigsaw doing an ad for (laughs) truth.com this is your this is your lungs on cigarette smoke um i found the twist at the end of of the family members at the end you find out that the family that we've been watching being held hostage is actually the family member the the family of someone who died because they didn't get their insurance money i thought that Mm -hmm. was a great ending twist it just felt Mm -hmm. like six as a whole it's like okay by now you just have to accept that detective hoffman is jigsaw unfortunately um and it 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 almost stops trying to prove to to us as the audience why he deserves to be jigsaw and it's just like look here he is and it's him trying to cover up his tracks while we just get a really great series of traps with memorable characters and it feels like it's it's trying to um fix the damage in my eyes that you know four and five caused while like kind of breathing um just, just going back to basics in the sense of, of bringing back all the elements that made the first three so fun. Mm-hmm. And something I will say about this movie, um, two things that I liked is that this was kind of the movie where I started to recognize, I was like, oh, Jigsaw's petty as fuck. Because some of the other movies, like, he has his reasoning for putting people in places, and it starts out kind of being that whole thing where it's like, I want you to appreciate your life more. Like, I've just been spying on you. Where this one is like, this guy directly, like, told Jigsaw, like, he couldn't have insurance money or whatever to, like, beat his cancer. So Jigsaw's like, oh, you're gonna deny me my insurance money, bitch? Have fun in this fucking saw trap. Um... Which I, like, loved. I was like, you know what? Honestly, like, it doesn't really go with, like, the original, like, kind of, like, I feel like 
reasoning for him starting this shit but honestly I just live for a petty bitch I live for a petty bitch I live for a petty bitch who is petty beyond the grave um I loved that and also I think I said this to you Roberto I love the fact I mean I know that you think his wife is a movie killer and that may be so but I love that like their love is so deep that like even after his death he didn't do a PS I love you moment of like leaving her little notes and telling her to go out with her life, he left this bitch the instructions for a saw game for her to run, <laughs> which is exactly what I hope happens to me if my husband dies prematurely. If he doesn't leave me the plans for an elaborate saw game so we can take down our enemies and torture them for any wrong they ever did to us, were we actually ever in love? You know, it's a tale as old as time. I know the Taylor Swift song is coming. Um, but do we have favorite traps? What is everyone's favorite trap? the first one mine is just the opening trap probably or the acid at the end i do like that oh that was good oh yeah when he's like being he's like flesh is like going through the like mm-hmm. fencing thing oof gnarly i would say honestly my favorite trap even though we still don't fully get to see it happen is um detective hoffman being put in the reverse bear trap because mm-hmm. i kind of just live for jigsaw's wife being like you really motherfucking thought I'm his wife, and you were going to take these plans. Like, her just, like, getting that moment of, like, because we also hate Detective Hoffman. He can choke. Mm-hmm. Um, him being put in it, but then, to his credit, him being smart enough to then rush over, break the glass in this window that has bars on it, and put the bear trap through it so that when the timer runs out, because she doesn't give him, like, a way to get out of it. She's like, I'm just coming here to kill you. When it opens, it can't open all the way and rip his fucking head apart. And thus he gets out of it. I was so mad the first time I saw it. I mean, I was mad he didn't die, but I liked it for the fact that it's like, I liked the lead up to him being put in it of her being like, you Mm -hmm. thought, bitch. And then like, kind of just like having that like, okay, I guess he he was a little smart there of like him knowing enough to do that. So that was my Mm -hmm. favorite trap of this one. Leading up to that though, I think another really fun element is that like, he gets caught. And then he just has to murder everyone to get away with it, even though, of course, he's not yeah. getting away with it. The, the stakes just felt... So the stakes are high for the people in the traps, but, like, the stakes are also high for him. Like, I guess I might get arrested <laughs> for being a serial killer. LOL. So where does everybody have it ranked? This is point. number seven for me. This is number six for me. All over the map. I know. So now we're on to... Well, what is Roberta? What is it? Sauce. I said this was my fourth one. Fourth, okay. It. Fourth best. So this, oh God, what number are we on? Seven? Are we on seven? Yes. Yeah. So the final chapter. Can we all collectively say this was the worst one, right? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Great. I, literally, like, when I tell you that my brain short-circuited watching this. It's so bad. So, oh God, I'm trying to, who the fuck was even doing it in this one? Who the fuck was doing this? Do you Jake's want me to do this, this one? You, you, literally, you have to at this point. Like, I cannot <laughs> keep track. Okay. So, saw the final chapter the worst one in the series um, follows a man who is just another generic white dude who has kind of profited off the fact that he claims he has been a jigsaw survivor where he had to, you know, lift himself up on these like meat hooks in his pecs basically. Um, And he wrote a book about it and he's going on tour just trying to, you know, market himself. And so he does like survivor groups where like, Roberta was saying before that like Julie Benz should have popped back up in this but she did not and you know we get Tanidra from uh, Saw 6 who won Scream Queens we get uh, the guy from Saw 5 in it you know and he 
is essentially we're, we find out that he's lying about everything. He's never been in a jigsaw trap. So jigsaw is like, okay, well, then I'm going to put you in one. And he has to go through and it's the same thing as like five and six. He had, or in six, he has to go through a series of things and he has to try to save people like his publicist and his, you know, just all the women that help him with this lie. And then in, in the end, he has to try to save his, I believe his fiance. Um, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, what what the fuck is happening with Hoffman? He's just trying to escape and jail is trying to like, well, he like lived the game. and then he's like, yeah, he's like out to kill. Yeah. Jill. Mm-hmm. I, I don't fucking know. And then like, there's cops looking for him. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, yeah, the cops are looking for him, but we get the return of Dr. Gordon, which I will tell you as somebody who watched these movies every year when they came out and I would have to wait a year between, I knew with all my heart that this series was going to end with Dr. Gordon returning the twist being that he has been helping him this entire time, which is the twist, and that he was going to go game over and slam the door. But it's just so lame. I thought it was going to be, like, really satisfying and, like, exciting. But it, it's just not. It's it's lame. It's stupid. It makes sense that he would come back, but it's just, like, not done well. Well, there's so many issues with this film. One of the things is just, like, there is so much fucking going on that none of it makes sense. Like, there's a whole fucking scene with, um, like, a scene where, like, these Nazis are, like, in a garage and, like, fucking what's-his-name from Linkin Park is in this scene. Um, he's, like, super glued to, like, a car. It's this whole thing. But, like, it's this scene that's, like, it's going at, like, breakneck speed. You're just thrown into this fucking scene. Like, he has to pull himself from the car. This bitch is going to get her head run over underneath the wheel. This other dude's going to get pulled apart. Like, all this shit. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then it just, they all die, and then it's over. And you're literally just like, I'm sorry, what is going on? Like, I think there's just so many moments in this movie where, like, they're just, like, showing you random traps of people that, like, literally do not tie back into anything in the overall story. Well, the, the sequence with the Nazis ties back because that's, like, there's, like, the entrance to the warehouse there. Like, th- that... It's, like, bare yeah. minimum tying it back in, really. Right, bare minimum. But the opening where the other the other winner from Scream Queens is, like, I don't suspended. think it's her. No, no, no. So, actually, I'm a, I mean, this is just pure speculation, but I'm assuming... Because the girl that won season two is named Gabby... And I'm assuming that she was supposed to be the female in the opening scene. But when she was on Scream Queens, this is just my personal opinion, she was, like, really good sometimes, and other times she was a fucking mess. And so she's actually the girlfriend in the Nazi scene, and all she does is lie there and scream, which is such a slap in the face, considering Tanidra got three fucking scenes in two different films. So I'm assuming she was supposed to be that girl in the opening sequence, but maybe just didn't do a good job, and then she got put as the Nazi girl. Um... Which is a bummer, right. but so she's literally just lying under a tire for like three seconds. Yeah, she, yeah, I like I I was looking actively for her, and I was like, oh my god, is that what she got from this? Like, holy shit! Either way, the opening contributes nothing to the story. I thought it was going to be this discussion of like Jigsaw's now going public with the murders, you know, very mm-hmm. um, almost meta in the, in this in like the scream sense. You know, people are obsessed with violence. So I'm going to make it mm-hmm. a show. No, it was just random. Um, 
that was really frustrating. And then I think conceptually the idea of bringing back survivors is a wonderful way to close out the franchise, except they couldn't bring Mm -hmm. back any of the survivors. It's Mm -hmm. like, this is the moment to bring back Donnie Wahlberg, not four movies in a row. You know, this is the moment. Julie Benz probably declined the call, but if she could have been there, wonderful. Um, the, the, the mom and the son from movie six, Mm. um, they should have, they should, we should have dragged their asses back. The mom from six is back, but the son is not, but like they could have brought, uh, Donnie Wahlberg's son back and they didn't. That, yeah. Oh my God. Yes. 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 I will get to that. But I just think the lead overall was, um, limp. Like I just didn't, I wasn't rooting for Mm -hmm. him. Um, in any way I think I think it was a performance thing because I think conceptually like it's a fun idea that this guy posing as a survivor then has to actually do it mm-hmm. um, but the ending with the return of doc- of the doctor there were three people in pig masks mm-hmm. we only got to know who one of them was who the fuck are the other two? Oh, I guess so I guess one of them is maybe answered in the follow-up movie the eighth movie but even yeah. then, they don't, sh- like, if, if it was, th- that's what's so frustrating. It's like, there's three people. So immediately when that happened at the end, and we saw it was the doctor, and I was like, okay. But then we don't find the other two. Me and Roberta were, like, so fucking frustrated. But then we had Jigsaw left. And then there's a killer at the end of Jigsaw that you they find out, like, oh, he was also a part of everything this whole time, yada, yada, yada. But they don't give you, which I feel like would be so easy to do, like, within those flashbacks, like, him also taking off a pig mask. So we're like, okay, we've got two of three. We just have to make the assumption he was one of the other two in the pig masks. Yeah. But then, like... The reveals don't even have to fully make sense. They just have to be exciting and fun. Like, it could have been the both of the sons. It could have been Donnie Wahlberg's son and the other son from the sixth movie as the other piggies. I don't care. I don't care. Right. Just, Just give me an answer, even if it's a bad one. But yeah, the Donnie Wahlberg son thing, like... The whole time when they were like, there was somebody else, though. There was somebody else. I was like, please just fucking say it was Donnie Wahlberg's son. Please. It can also be the fucking doctor, too. But, like, the fact that they still did not give us Donnie Wahlberg's son. After putting Donnie Wahlberg in four movies? Or three, however fucking many? Like, asinine. Asinine to me that they didn't bring him back. And what is that actor doing that he can't come back? Nothing. Oh, my gosh. The trap, though, that was, it was, so my favorite trap sequence was um him having to navigate the woman through like the steam maze that's not this movie what yes it is. no babe that's yes, like two movies ago nope, no yes it is yes it is uh, the way you were trying to gaslight me on you no it's not this movie i'm looking it, at the goddamn yes, sauna fan wiki movie. it's not this movie <laughs> it's it's you're talking about she's crawling hands and knees yeah it's six yes wait what we're on seven. It's in six. It's she's right. So that well, you trying to gaslight me, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, you were trying to say it was the next one, but it was actually the one before. I didn't say it was the next one. I said it's not this movie. Whatever. You said it was, uh, so was well, everyone was wrong. Okay, it's number six. Fine, we're all wrong. What we're happened fine. in this yeah. movie? <laughs> this one was the one where he um he had to do the the key from the woman's throat um. The oh, other woman got blinded. Watch. There was oh, the yeah. guy who was like hanging and being blindfolded. He got it the easiest. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It was just it was like they ran out of ideas for this one. This is also the one where we got to see the reverse bear trap happen. It happens to Jill. Yes. The one I found most demented though was her getting um, you know, like charbroiled in the oven. 
Mm. Did it bring back those Final Destination tanning yes. bed moments? Ugh, it's too much for my poor heart. It's too much. Roller coaster. Every time that I swear to God that always comes on when I'm like in the supermarket and I'm just like, ugh. It's fondly thinking of these two bitches burning in a tanning bed. Um, well, a few things I want to say is the opening kill with the public execution or whatever, like me and Roberta were talking about it because I think Roberta was like, how do they even set that up? And I feel like it's just like one of those like anomalies or like mysteries where it's like, how the fuck do they get a car in the mall? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that has to happen at some point, but no one has ever seen them do it. But it, it, it happens where it's like, yeah, how did like they set or how did fucking whatever the fuck his stupid name is. I forget it every time. The new Jigsaw. Um, like set this because it's in like a public square in a city. Nobody questioned like when they saw this dude just setting up like a whole fucking like table saw. Nobody questioned when he saw him like drugging and like strapping three people into it. Like and of course you get the class of just like people standing outside like, ooh, what's this? And then, like, when it's too late, then desperately trying to call the police. Um, but I would say my favorite trap, Roberto, I know that you like this one, too. We both reacted to it, is when this dude that, like, had claimed the whole time that he had been in a saw trap and he had, like, made this shit up. Then, once again, Petty Bitch Jigsaw was like, oh, so you're claiming that you were in this trap where you had to put hooks in your chest and pull yourself up? Okay, bitch, say less. I'm going to make you do it, then. And he literally has to then, for realsies, put these hooks in his chest and, like, use his upper body strength to, like, pull himself up to, like, get this key or whatever. And in the last moments when he's so close to getting it, the hooks just, like, tear through his flesh and he falls. Like, it's not even like he slipped. It's just, like, the hooks were like, "Mm, sorry, I can't hold your peck flesh any longer. And it's so brutal because just, like, the tearing of the flesh is, like, visually brutal. But then the devastation of being, like, he was so close to winning – and there's just no way he can go back up now. I would say that was probably my favorite of the traps in this movie. Um, I think this one in general just sucks, but um, I guess <laughs> if I had You're to pick one, I would say probably the the woman who ha- he has to pull the key with the fishing hook out of her stomach and she ha- can't scream. <sighs> um, I think that one is like, just because you can see him like, using so much strength to try to pull it up and nothing is budging so you can just imagine it like stuck in her like fucking organs and it's just like like, tearing at her insides yeah she like spits up like pieces of herself at one point and it's gross i think i think that's probably my favorite one yeah so i mean there isn't a lot to say in favor of this movie it is just like a slap in the face in many ways it feels like two people who sat through the entire franchise and as far as they were aware because obviously they didn't know they were gonna get jigsaw later like they sat through all this and like this is the because it's literally called like saw 3d the final chapter and this is what like i'm just imagining like if i had been watching from the beginning i went to the theater to see this and it was like, oh, this is going to close everything out. And this is what I got. I would be fucking livid. Yeah, I wasn't happy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Twisted pictures. You're going to have to hear from me. <laughs> You're going to hear from my lawyers. Um, but yeah, so I guess what's what's everybody's ranking on their list for Saw 3D? Last, it's right? It's the worst. Yeah. yeah. I also just hate 3D in general. And I was pissed that they made this into 3D because it did not need to be. No. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, when you're watching it in standard definition, that, like, you can see the moments that were clearly meant to be 3D, which I always think is funny. Um, 
but yeah, it's like I don't I don't need uh, a torture porn film in 3D. I'm I'm set. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, do you know what does hit? A Spy Kids 3D. The way that you're just on it all the time. <laughs> you're just always thinking ahead. Um. So I guess last we have to do Jigsaw, the most recent. Um. So I think I could probably synopsize this one for the most part. Um. So. Jigsaw, it kind of feels like a fresh start. Like they're trying to start something new. And essentially, um, you know what? I just tried to start to synopsize this one and I'm just not going to do it. Alex, do you want to do it? I literally cannot do it. My brain cannot compute these movies. I have a literal (laughs) rat brain. I can't do it. These movies are too complicated. For my little woman brain. Jigsaw picks up a decade after John Kramer has died and... Uh, it opens on a man who is running from the police and he says, I need to press this button and the game will start because I'm not going to die. And he's basically saying a new game is beginning. And we kind of get um, a pl- like a game that is very similar to Saw 5, in my opinion, uh, because it's five, pe- it's five people. It Honestly, it starts almost the same way where they're all kind of like chained to a wall and have to release themselves. Um, mm-hmm. So we follow them, and then we follow, of course, a new group of detectives, and this time coroners. Shout out to the hot redhead who loves crime. I felt seen in this film. Um, <laughs> but we, yeah, so we basically follow uh, a couple detectives trying to figure out who is, you know, being a copycat killer, essentially, to Jigsaw. Um, and in a very convoluted, roundabout way, they try to make you think that John Kramer is alive again, because when the two sort of you know, surviving essentially people at the end in the final trap are being tested. He's there and you're like, holy shit, he's fucking alive. They brought him back. No, it's one of the fucking cops, of course, doing all of this. And it's that same shit where like these traps actually happened like 10 years ago when Jigsaw was alive. And I'm like, you know, he's essentially doing like a copycat of it to get revenge on it's very complicated i really don't know if i can explain it much more than that um but it kind of reveals well, who one a of the pigheads was he's a coroner he's like a mortician yeah yeah um but it's revealed that he was one of the people in the original game because he uh switched the x-rays the mris on john's cancer so if he had found out earlier maybe they could have treated it so like but then they reveal like he's been working with them since the very beginning as well. It's just, you know, it was meant to be a fresh start and like kind of answer some questions. And it, it just kind of gave me more questions. Um, it's kind of like the sequel to um, mm-hmm. Snow White and the Huntsman. It's like both a sequel and a prequel. Mm, yeah. I mean, I liked Jigsaw when I saw it in theaters because I, you know, it had been about seven or eight years since final the final chapter had come out and it was so bad and I just wanted anything new and exciting and so I liked it a lot the first time I saw it on rewatch it does not really hold up as well um but I do think and I would love your guys's opinion on this I feel like pretty much all of the traps were kind of paying homage to previous traps um and I don't know if I'm just reading too far into it and they just kind of ran out of ideas or if you think that that's valid because like the five person opening where they're all like chained up is very similar to the trap in five 
there is mm-hmm. um, there's a trap where they are all hanging. There have been multiple hanging things, and there's like the needles that she has to stab into her arm. Um, there is the laser necklace that they wear at the end, which is almost exactly the necklace that Dr. Devlin had to wear in Saw 3. There's just a lot of things that seem like they're repetitive, and I think they're meant maybe to be callbacks, but I'm not sure. I mean, I didn't notice upon viewing, but now that you bring it up, honestly, I wouldn't say that it's too far off. I mean, I think I would, I I, I think, why can I not speak? Why am I like literally having a stroke? Yes, is what I'm trying to say. Um, I, I would think that, yeah, it's them trying to pay homage, but I think they do it smartly in the sense that like, they're similar, but it's not the same exact trap. Like, I feel like it's the perfect amount of like, oh, this is similar mm-hmm. to that, but it's also new and unique in its own way. Um, so I would say, yeah, I would say probably they're playing homage. I didn't read too much into the traps. I'll say that um, objectively, this is the hottest cast. Oh, yeah. Um, I would just say, you know, there's there's a lot of attractive faces amongst this cast. Um, it felt like I don't know we mentioned this earlier I thought it looked too good um it was just a little too crisp for me and I I will say that I felt not 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 me back on my objectifying game but there was there was just a sensual dynamic between the coroners and I was like oh my god uh, Mm -hmm. are these movies finally about to get steamy um no but um, it, it just, it is what it is. It kind of, uh, I think by the time you get to the eighth movie, it's like, I'm here. This one um, was entertaining at the very least. I was engaged. Um, and the, I mean, the I think for me, the biggest, I, I liked the lasers. Um, but the other big moment for me was, of course, discovering that the female lead um, who throughout the game, Jigsaw has just been trying to get them to confess. Um, she refuses to confess. She refuses to admit oh, she's yeah. done anything wrong. And then you find out that um, she, in fact, smothered her baby and blamed her husband. And that was just a really great kind of mind-blowing element. Well, yeah, I mean, that was just so fucked up. And I live again for the fact that, like, how would Jigsaw know this? Well, he was the neighbor. He's just a nosy neighbor. <laughs> Duh. who like was just like peeing in the window being like oh, bitch I saw you smother your baby I'm gonna come for you later um but something I love and I was hoping for as we were going through the series and I got my wish the fact that Tobin Bell got a motherfucking paycheck for every one of these movies even though he died in the third one that's right is so fucking good like oh my god and it's just like cause I hadn't seen past the third one so like when he shows up in the other ones, okay, flashback. I was like, okay, good. You got a paycheck. But it keeps going deeper and deeper. And I'm like, I want them to keep bringing him back. But you, there's a party that was like, but one of these, they're just like not going to do it. They're going to be like, no, we're starting completely fresh. But no, every time they had a flashback to the point where now I'm like, okay, if Spiral does not have Tobin Bell in it, even for a second, <laughs> I'm going to be a little butthurt. I'm going to be a little ticked. Like, I get that it's them probably trying, because it's, like, from the book of Saw. It's not necessarily within the same timeline. We won't know until we watch it, really. But he can have, like, a Hitchcock cameo, though. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, he doesn't even need to be playing Jigsaw in it. Like, I just want to know that motherfucker was there on the set and got paid. Yeah. Show him getting on a bus. I don't care. Um, I think that 
for me, I mean, it makes sense to me that they would want to kind of reboot it in a way that you don't have to watch the first eight movies to be clued in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, there is an, there's um, a part of me that is bummed just in the sense where like the eighth one or Jigsaw leaves off with a new Jigsaw, one who I'm not, I don't hate. Um, so it's kind of a bummer that he just gets that one-off movie, even if it's super convoluted. Um, but I'm excited. I don't know. Well, does anyone have a final, uh, excuse me, a favorite trap from this last movie? I like the lasers because they were really extra. Oh, yes. Um, will that reveal in where he, the one guy sacrifices the mortician and then the mortician's like, LOL, these weren't real lasers on mine. I'm Jigsaw and yours are real lasers. Um, I like the one where like the girl that was the super fan of Jigsaw had showed the mortician in her apartment, like this big spirally, um, LOL spiral, um, trap that she claimed was like used in the first ever jigsaw game but they never found the bodies of which we then learn is what we had been watching the whole time you know can't get rid of these convoluted goddamn timelines um but then we see that happen because the two it's like the two, there's like three people left at this point in the game and the one guy is like trapped in it and he has to like put his hand in his motorcycle. I don't remember what it was, but it was just like, he gets torn the fuck up by this trap. Like, it is meaty and awful. And I fucked with it. That was my favorite. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I I don't think any of them were, like, wildly inventive. I do like the laser one. Um, and I think I would have... I think my favorite is probably the one where they're in the silo and the grain is coming in. Because being buried yeah. alive with grain is just terrifying. I think if they had, I wish they had just stopped it though, because then they, you know, it gets to a certain point and then they're kind of just stuck and then they start throwing knives and shit at them, um, which I think is just kind well, of Well, that's fun though, because it, like they can't move. They are literally yeah, stuck but, like, in the grain. The fact that like almost nothing hits them other than like maybe a knife in the shoulder, I think is unrealistic. Um, mm. maybe if like less, because there's so many things they throw at them, but I like the, I just like the idea of a silo. I, I like the idea of like suffocating in a big, like cylindrical thing filled with grain and you can't move. I think that's scary. I like that. All right. Well, um, where does everybody have Jigsaw ranked on their list? I have it fifth. Roberto? Fifth. I also have it fifth. <gasps> Wow. Well, it, I feel like that just means definitively it's the fifth. It's the yeah. fifth best of the series. We said it. Um, <laughs> it's science. Literally look it up. It's a fact. Um, all right. Well, that is the Soft franchise. So to wrap it up, is there anything, any thoughts any of you have, either of you have, I should say, um, about the Soft franchise as a whole that you would like to express? It's just, it's a franchise that I'm excited to show other people you know what i mean like i feel like this is a franchise that you're like 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 you sit someone down like a friend you're like you just have to trust me like just i'm telling you i'm telling you it's gonna go off (laughs) right um i don't know i I think i i enjoy it i don't know i don't have like a smart like takeaway i I think it is what it is i think it's i i I guess my takeaway is uh, there's the perception of saw and then there's the reality of saw and there's definitely like a middle ground but I just think there's a lot in these films that people don't wouldn't expect and um 
you know, if you're not into the gore, then just watch the movie and turn away every time. Yeah. You, know, you, you see a machine. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100% on the fact that it's really fun to show people because, yeah, I've showed these all to my friend Celia and it was so much fun, um, especially just, like, watching people's reactions to the traps for the first time because I anytime I see a trap for the first time, even if I think it's stupid, I'm still kind of like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Um, but, I mean, I'm a huge fan of this series. Even the movies that are trash, I still really appreciate it as a whole because I think part of it is because I grew up on it and it is a part of like my fucking teen years like these were instrumental in kind of my horror journey um but I also do think that the first film is objectively a very very good film with a unique and original idea that it without it I don't think that the horror landscape of the 2000s would have been what it is and um I just like deeply appreciate Tobin Bell and Lee Whannell and mm. the the real ones that have made this series what it is. And I'm hoping, 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 hoping that Spiral comes back and is like a fucking punch in the gut. I get the same kind of jaw-dropping twist like I did the first time I saw the original Saw. That's all I can hope for, you know. Fingers crossed. Well, I have two things I'm going to bring up. One... I cannot believe that I didn't bring him up through this entire episode, really, is motherfucking Billy the Puppet. Um, <laughs> we just had so much other I, things to get through. Right. You know, eight movies. Um, I love Billy the Puppet. He makes me fucking shriek with joy when I see him. It's just so funny to me, and I can't fully express it. Just like this dumb little fucker rolling in on a tricycle to be like, Hey guys, time to cut off your arms. Like, is so good to me. Um, I also noticed that, I think it might have been in Jigsaw, it might have been earlier. He rolls in this bitch with sparkly shoes. His little tappers are now, uh, he's playing like a Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, like, moment. And I was like, ooh, I see you Billy serving. Um, But mainly I'm just like, if the motherfucking minions can get their own goddamn spinoff movie if the fucking penguins from madagascar can get their own goddamn show why the fuck is there no goddamn spin-off movie just about billy the puppet and his adventures and torture you're thinking a fun animated no i want the real life puppet babe tip tapping around new york city you know what i want i want billy on the street but it's billy the puppet <laughs> I'm, I'm into it. that's what i want <laughs> so that was my one takeaway is that I can never have enough Billy the Puppet. Um, and secondly, I was going to end with a question. If you guys were captured by Jigsaw, by fucking Shawnee Smith in a pig mask, whatever, and brought to a Saw game, what do you think Jigsaw's reasoning would be for having you there? Like, what would he say is, like, why he perceives that you don't have, you don't value your life enough? Um, that's a tough question. Um... He'd probably just be like, Roberto, you're wasting your hotness. So true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would be taken because I, uh, in this last year, have gone like 10 days at a time without leaving my apartment or putting on actual clothing. And he would be like, what the fuck are you doing? You're disgusting. Uh, and my trap would be like having to get dressed and go to like the bank. <laughs> I love that. Um. Well, to be fair, though, like, in this past year, like, everybody's been doing that. We've been in lockdown. Yeah, but I'm, like, extra gross. 
Like, you get dressed every day. I don't. I don't have anywhere to go. So I just... I love that you think that I get dressed every day. That's really funny. Jigsaw just puts you, um, tries to drown you alive in cat litter. Or bury you alive. Oh my god. Um, yeah, you get Maybe. put in your little cylinder, but it's not seed. It's cat litter. Maybe. Um, mine would definitely be, he would be like, um, you definitely don't value your life because you continue to do unpaid internships. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that would be, yeah. He'd be like fucking get it together bitch um so i think my trap would be um something that damages your vocal cords so you can never talk mm. what does that have to do with unpaid internship it just seems like a saw trap <laughs> i think this is your way of telling me that you want me to shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that's the saw franchise uh, i'm so excited i think we all are excited equally now after putting in this time and fucking work to the Saw franchise for what Jigsaw will hold um, coming next month. Um, so, I mean, if we all watch it and feel that it's something to discuss, Roberto, I would love to have you back for uh, a spiral mini-sode. An actual mini-sode this time because this episode is really fucking Look, long. it's a special event. What can what can be said? It is a special event. Um, look, I'll come back anytime. I'll come back to talk B-horror. I'll come back to talk Saw. I love you guys. You guys are so fun. Oh, we love having you. you. It was I love so when you nice. agree with me on things when Anya doesn't, so that we can team up on her. Mm, I mean, it just feels like we're on the same page, except for the fourth one. But I mean, you guys wake up every day and you choose violence against me. I know this. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I knew you guys would get along perfectly. Um, yeah. So. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for being a part of our first season. It has been so fun. There's been so much uh, to be joyous about. And thank you for listening to our season one finale sauce special. Um, Thank you, Roberto, for coming on and being our first guest other than Josh Rubin. Uh, Honored. A king, though. We have to pay respects to a king. A king. Love you, king. Um, (laughs) And yeah. So we will see you guys next month for our season two premiere. We have so much coming your way for season two. We're so excited. Um, And I guess this is the part where I slam the door shut and I say game over, right? Yes, that's that's exactly what you should do. Yes. So game over. And um, as always, keep it creepy. Keep it creepy. Bye.